Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today we are gonna be answering your YouTube questions. And by we, I mean myself and my brother from the same mother, D. You changed that up a little bit at the beginning. I did. How's everybody doing? You threw me for a loop. Yeah, hey, that's what I'm trying to do. You threw me yep. for a loop. Yep, that's what I'm trying to do. We've been so, streaming together for like five or six years, and that was the first time you threw me for a loop. Yep, yep. I got more on my sleeve. I'm coming for you today, D. I'm coming for you. I almost no, left. I'm just kidding. I almost left. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So basically, what we are doing, if this is your first time here, is uh, we answer your YouTube questions. So there is a form that is down in the description. If you're watching this on the replay, um, then of course you're not going to get your question asked during the stream. But we do go live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So make sure that you join us for the next one. Um, but if you are here live, there is a form down in the description where you can get your questions answered. And if you go ahead and get them in there now, they will get answered on the stream today. And back to the replay viewers, if you are watching this on the replay. I do want to let you know that we have timestamps down in the description so that you can skip around and you can see all the different questions that were asked and answered so that you can jump to the questions that matter the most to you based on what it is that you're trying to figure out and what it is that you're trying to understand about YouTube. Um, with that stuff out of the way, I do also want to let everybody know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy helps you optimize your videos for discovery, helps you test your thumbnails to make sure the thumbnails that you are putting out are not only effective for the people that you're trying to reach, Reach, but if you're applying strategy to what it is that you're doing, then they also help you identify where on YouTube your thumbnails are the most effective as well. So if you're a search-based channel and you're trying to rank in YouTube search and you're trying to get traffic that way, then in that case, you can prioritize your thumbnail performance in YouTube search as an example. Um, but they have that and a bunch of other helpful tools, including a bunch of AI tools that are also gonna help you out with your YouTube channel as well. But you can try them out at tubebuddy.com slash Nimmin. Um, and of course, we've got a link to that down in the description. In addition to that, the stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that we use to live stream this every Every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. All duck. All duck. And we, the we reason had the duck up there. Oh, it was up there too. Yep. Great timing. And, and the reason that we use StreamYard is because it's easy, um, it's reliable, and they hold the stream open in the cloud. So what we can do is if we have a tech problem, then StreamYard holds everything open so we don't lose everybody that's hanging out in the stream and have to start from scratch again. We can just come right back into the stream on a mobile device while we're getting everything fired back up. In addition to that, they make it easy to bring guests onto your stream, add graphics onto your screen, like you can see the one that we added up here. Um, and you can add background music, you can add videos, background videos, all kinds of really cool stuff with StreamYard. So if you are a live streamer, try them out. And if you're somebody that's like, hey, I'm getting ready to start live streaming or I would like to try it, but I don't want the complication of, you know, that comes with live streaming, StreamYard is the solution that you need. You can find out more about them at StreamYard.com or of course I've got a link to them down in the description as well. So with all that out of the way, yeah, pumped up. What about you, D? Yeah. Excited to uh, answer some questions today. Nice to see Shark Scrapper in the uh, chat today. Nice to see Amy Johnson Crow uh, hanging out here. So, going on, Amy? Hope you're doing great traveling with Brian. Nice so, to see you here. We got Justin Brown from Primal Video or Mike. I'm not sure which one, but we got one of these. We got one of those guys, uh, you know, in the chat right now. Hey, did you tell me you're getting kicked back from the restaurant stuff? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, oh, okay, yeah, so good, I've had the good. fortunate experience. So, uh, uh, Mike and Justin from Primal <laughs> Video, they are in town here locally. And uh, I've been able to act as their tour guide. And it's been great. I've been able to make some extra money 
money, you know, taking them to some different, you know, places here, uh, for you know, in places? Thailand. Yeah. So basically taking money? them to like, hey, here's a good <laughs> restaurant, you know, so I can get kickbacks there and, you know, those types of things. So, you know, that's been pretty cool. But, um, but you know, it's been awesome, you know, hanging out with those guys uh, as always. But nice to see you in the chat here as well. So here's but a, here's as a heads up really quick, D, uh, yeah. they also, for those of you, just in case you're not familiar with them, um, they also, you know, talk about all kinds of things related to content creators, more so as it relates to tech. They also have some growth stuff over there too, but they also talk about YouTube tech and, you know, cameras and microphones and apps and all that stuff. So if you are not subscribed to them, make sure that you do head over there and you subscribe to their channel as well. You're going to get tons of value out of what it is that they make. Uh, two things. Number one, I'm wondering why we don't have, why are they not on the show right now? Because, uh, because they have their families and stuff. So I invited them and he's like, well, D's going to be there. So I really, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, just to put this into perspective, like mm -hmm. these guys live like not in this country. Right. They're in our city. Yeah, that's what Doug said too. Doug's like, why aren't they're, they on the show? They're yeah, in yeah. the city yeah. and they're not yeah, here. Yeah, he said it's Justin, okay. And they're not here. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the first thing I want to say. I'm a little bit offended that they're not sitting yeah. here, even if yeah. it means you had to bring your family. Right. But everybody, entire, right. Everybody a, coming and hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Because this is a, this is a family friendly stream. It is. It is. Second it thing, is. you said that uh, brothers from the same mother. And I just, mm -hmm. I was digging through old boxes. Oh, no. And I came across this book. And, and oh, mom, no. And mom, if you're watching here, I just want to put this up. So oh, my. my. So I was given this. Oh, okay. All right. Whew. I was given this book by my mom mm -hmm. on my 30th birthday. Oh, were you? Oh, that's sweet. On my 30th birthday. And there's this wonderful. Shout out to mom. Lovely note on the inside and everything. Uh, so my question to you is, do you have a book like this? I don't. I do not have a book like that. Okay. Yeah, but so, hey, thanks for making me feel great as we get started here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, to... Yeah, a good way to kind of lift up my self-esteem, you know, as we're uh, as we're getting rolling. I just wanted to kind of set the tone. And help me remember that I'm adopted. You I know, it's, it's been great. Set the tone. Yeah. Okay. To let everybody know what the stream is going to be like. Yeah, so, so number it, one, I'm offended that the Browns are not here. Number yeah. two, are we... Do, do we share the same mother? Right. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Brother yeah. I feel neglected same mother? now. I feel neglected. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, mom, you're getting a message after uh, after we're done here. Yeah. So, well, probably so, won't pick up. I know, probably not, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so super excited to uh, to get into the uh, stream today. Super excited to answer your questions. So, you know, if you're a new content creator, you are in the right place. Everybody that's hanging out in the chat today, um, we're all content creators. So everybody that is here, they're dealing with the same things that you are. We're thinking about, you know, the same things. We're all trying to improve what it is that we're doing. We're all chasing, you know, milestones and all these different achievements and all the impact that we're trying to make and all that stuff. We're all doing the same thing. Um, so you are amongst your people here. So settle in, get comfortable, you know, feel free to, you know, um, engage and interact with the uh, chat with other content creators. Just make sure you keep it clean. We don't do any like sub for sub or anything like that here. Um, this is all about just like, you know, learning about YouTube and hanging out with the community and uh, getting to know other content creators. Shark Scrapper came in with the appropriate reply that you weren't quick enough to come yeah, it up says, with. Yeah, but I have a play button. But you have yeah, my play that's button. that's good. That's good. But you that's have good. my play that's button. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I should, yeah. Have, uh, should have said that. Because you're not that sharp. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that sharp. You can answer YouTube questions. Right, But right. you fail spectacularly on, on being like on, sharp and snappy on everything yeah. else yeah that's true everything else yeah <laughs> so, the, so the first question thanks for the support yeah he's just really lifting me up today you started yeah. by throwing me a curveball right so i'm correcting I'm oh, okay correcting you're bringing it back curveball. i'm yep. bringing it back <laughs> all right so here we go so uh yeah so uh amy says oh we're only six minutes in and already starting on the play button yeah, yeah right amy yep. so uh let's hear so next up we've got or the the very first question actually that we have today is from uh chantel nice to see you in here as well hope that you're doing fantastic duty ron 
What's up, dude? Nice to see Whoa. you in here. It's been a while. Hope that you're on fantastic and you're getting close to 200,000 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Crushing it over there. Absolutely love it. Ron's trains and things. Nice to see you in here uh, as well. Incredible yeah, duty, Ron. Ron. Crushing. Love it. I love watching people's journey mm -hmm. like you see them early on they're just getting started they come yep. in they ask questions and they kind of go away for a while and do mm -hmm. their thing and they hunker down and focus on making content and mm -hmm. they come back with messages like this yep. it's that's fantastic. incredible man. yeah nice work love it yeah that's that's awesome man so our very first question today is from circle h scuba circle h scuba has been on youtube for less than a year they have a scuba diving and education channel where they also do how-tos and reviews. The goal of the channel is to earn a full-time income from my passion, inspiring people to scuba dive. And the question is, I'm preparing to launch memberships with a single base support tier. So basically memberships with just one tier. And it says, and then gradually expanding perks once I feel comfortable sustaining them. What tips do you have for announcing and launching a channel members program? So first you gotta spread awareness about it, right? So, you know, you as the content creator, you know, if you're trying to get that message out, make sure that you're mentioning it in, you know, your videos, make sure that you go back through your video descriptions. If you have an archive, make sure that you put the link because in your membership area, you're gonna have the option to grab a link to your membership. Um, you can actually use TubeBuddy for this where you go in and you can bulk update your description. And then you can say, hey, add this to the bottom of all of my descriptions. And then that way, for the people that do you know go down to your descriptions that are super engaged or that you've driven down there if you're driving people in your descriptions then in that particular case they're going to see that you have that option available but they're also going to see it you know directly on youtube as well with the big you know obvious join button um but in your particular case you know just letting people know that you have it um is step one making sure that you make it easy for people to do step two but you can also post about it in your community feed as well and by doing that just let them know like these are the perks like these are the reasons that you join in some cases people will just have a channel membership where it's like hey if you want to support the channel in this way then that's cool and then in other cases people will you know have all kinds of different things that they offer in exchange for that membership so once you know what it is that you're going to offer then just spreading awareness about it is your thing so if you lie stream that would be a great place to uh, bring attention to that in terms of saying like hey you know because you don't want to dedicate like an entire video to it but basically just saying you know while you're live to the people that are the most engaged and that are wanting to hang out in your live stream letting them know that you have that available so that the people that are interested in that can join yours um, in addition to that that community post letting people know as well and just kind of getting the message out to your community that way hey the dream builder hit 20 subscribers today nice congratulations on your first 20 yeah yep not too uh not too far away from your first hundred so uh so that's, that's good that's exciting it is and what's going to be crazy is i don't know a year two years three years we're going to get a message like duty ron sent right right hey right hey got twenty thousand. hey got two hundred thousand. right yeah hey got 100 i've crossed 100 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's gonna be great i love that yeah, yeah. it's awesome Next up. Hey, we've got a super chat. Duty Ron. Duty Ron, thank you. The super chat says, thank you, gentlemen. Um, I always come here to learn. Awesome. Love thank it. You. Thank you. And thank you for the uh, super chat. Glad that you are uh, finding value in the content. Uh, Design Burst is our next channel here. They upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is an architectural design channel. The goal of the channel is to educate our viewer about house design. And the question is, are channels about architectural design covering both interior and exterior aspects? Right now, we're having difficulty with our target audience. If our video includes explanations, they can be too technical and might bore the viewers. So we're considering creating another channel where there will only be home tours while the original channel will focus on the entire design process of designing a house. Our question is, would it be a violation on YouTube if we use clips across our two channels and how important is the target audience so the target audience is everything so you know when you have a youtube channel and you're publishing content to the channel think of it like this 
if you have a product that you're selling, right? Understanding who you're selling that product to is going to make a huge difference on the development of that product itself. And it's going to make a huge difference on where you would market that product, where you'd run ads for that product. Um, if you were going to put it in very specific stores, then, you know, it would depend on what those stores sold and the types of people that went into those stores to buy, you know, those products. So when it comes to YouTube, it's the same exact thing. When you can create a destination or a valuable, you know, your channel is a valuable resource for people for whatever type of content it is that you make then in that particular case, they will continue coming there. But the problem um, is when you start, you know, really spreading things thin to where you're like, well, you know, this video wouldn't really be relevant to, you know, our target audience and uh, this video would be, but this went over here, maybe not so much. Then you just start kind of diluting the impact that your channel can have. And, you know, you also have to keep in mind when it comes to YouTube recommending content to people, they also use the information of the people that are currently interacting with your channel, who's enjoying the content and who's not. And based on what they determine, then they're going to show it to more of the people that are enjoying the content and less of the people that are not. So when you are diversifying things, you also pollute that a little bit as well. And you make it harder for the system to really understand at scale, you know, who the best fit is for, you know, everything that you're publishing. And you're also, you know, costing yourself binge watches and things like that, because then it also becomes more difficult to make it easy for people to land on your channel page and, and just deep dive into a bunch of content or click into a playlist and watch, you know, every video that's in that playlist because they love everything, right? So, uh, so in your particular case, first, figure out who it is you're trying to reach to what is the value that you are providing through your content. And if you think that the home tours don't fit into that, then definitely put them onto another one in terms of using the same clips. If you're making different content, but you're using some of the same footage, that's okay. But if you're like, hey, uh, we have this video and we're gonna just take this video and we're also gonna put it up over here, that's where you start running into problems. So as long as you have something unique going up on each channel, you you are allowed to use you know your own footage uh, on, on multiple channels if you want. For example, there's entire websites, stock websites like Storyblocks, where the entire website is just where content creators go. They will get footage and you know, like me, for example, I might use footage that D's used. D's might, you know, out of that footage, you know, Primal Video might also use it. Doug Houston might also use it. And uh, a girl in her passport might also use it, right? So those types of things, you know, are kind of common on YouTube, but, but you just need to make sure that the, the content is different and then you don't have anything to worry about. Good question. Good start. What's up, Tiffany? Hope you're doing great. Nice to see you in here. So uh, next up, we've got the Dream Builder 21. They do automotive content. The goal of the channel is to entertain people with my projects to distract them from their day. Love it. Um, and to turn their model collection into a real thing. And the question is, why is my view count really low? Because I have YouTube shorts with 2,000 views and YouTube State Studio is saying I have 787. I've checked the data for shorts and it's an 18 second short. What's happening there on my channel is over 7,000 views. So you're saying you have 7,000 views on the channel, 2,000 of those views is on one short, but yes. YouTube Studio is displaying a 787. If this is a new video, then it could just be taking time to catch up. So for example, like the video that I published the other day, um, that isn't you know exactly accurate either. The real time is different than what it is that's publicly displayed. In addition to that, if you were to, like let's say you were to find your video in YouTube search, then sometimes you'll see a different view count there compared to what it is that you see on your homepage, compared to what it is that you see when you actually click 
music on it. So everything will sync up over time. Um, but if you have had the video on the platform for a while and it's it, and it's showing you those discrepancies there. September 21st was the upload. Okay, yeah, then in that case, I would reach out to Team YouTube and see what's going on there um, if it's for that one specific video. But if you were doing it for September uh, 23rd, another thing that could be happening is if you are looking in your YouTube analytics, you could also be looking at the 28 day range, which can also be shaving off some views there. Yeah. Um, because September 23rd, uh, you know, a month or 28 days would have been a handful of days ago now. So because of that, that would cause you to, to see a different number now if you have your uh, your uh, stats set to uh, 20, the 28 day view. So change that to lifetime or since published, and then it should show you all the views uh, if that's the situation. If that's not the situation um, and you do think Think that there is an error of some kind then in that particular case reach out to at team youtube on twitter um and they'll get you sorted uh over there yeah i bet they're not searching by 90 days or lifetime yeah or yeah like yeah. That. I, yeah i think so too yeah Shark Scrapper, what's up, dude? Thanks for the question. Says uh, he's been on YouTube for a year or more. He does infotainment content. The goal of the channel is to promote recycling and add a revenue stream. The question is, um, says it was great seeing you at Vid Summit. Likewise, always nice to always nice to see you. Uh, says please help us better understand YouTube promotions. So when we promote a video, where does the ad appear? Do our current sub see the ad? Does the ad allow viewers to watch the entire video we are promoting, or just a snippet? Who is a good candidate for using this tool? So when it comes to the promote video tool, um, it's not something that that I use. Um, um, it's not something that I really even strongly recommend that people use. I don't and the even reason know for that, using it. Yeah. Yet. The, the reason for that is because, you know, organic growth is typically the best kind because with the organic growth, it gets you in front of, you know, it, it helps you leverage YouTube's recommendation system and to where you don't have to spend any money on it. And when it comes to the promotion tab, one of the cool things they did is, is they have it to where uh, the ads will only go in front of people that are likely to enjoy the content. So that is a win versus, you know, going into Google ads and then running YouTube videos um, as an ad that way to where, you know, it might go in front of people that might not not be that great fit for it. But um, if you are using it for like a promotional purpose, then in that particular case, I would only do that if you are directly making money on the back end. So an example of that would be, let's say that somebody had a course uh, or they had a, a product they're trying to bring attention to. Let, you know, cause we're, we, you know, we work with StreamYard. So let's say StreamYard is trying to bring attention to their tool. Well, in that particular case, they could use that because they would actually be making money on the back end. you know, as long as it converted well of, of bringing people into the channel and then people ended up signing up and they could attribute that. Then in that particular case, it would make sense because they're actually making money off of it. But when it comes to using the promotional tool to grow, um, I don't recommend that you do that because, you know, the best way is through that organic growth, because what you don't want is you don't want to get in a situation where you're constantly having to just spend money in order to get the results. Instead, you want to learn how to do that organically so that you don't need to spend the money in order to do it because YouTube's recommendation system um, is extremely effective. So because of that, uh, in your particular case, because to my understanding, you're not making like direct revenue, like right off of, you know, what it is that you're doing. So because of that, um, I don't think it would be, you know, an ideal fit for you unless you are, you know, prom promoting a video that is a course of some kind or leads people into a course of some kind or something like that. I think that was a bad feature for YouTube to roll out. You know, it might be one of those things where there might be some use cases, you know, for it or whatever, like off the top I, of my head, not so much unless you are, you know, a business and you're going to use it to bring yeah. more attention to your company channel. Yeah. Then that case, it makes more sense. But for just creators, you know, at rollout, scale. Yeah. Blanket rollout, yeah. I think was a bad idea. Yeah. And I, and I think it gives the wrong impression, especially yeah. to new creators. Like, like, oh, I, hey, come pay to play. 
Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, everybody stresses for so long, like, don't buy ads for your videos. Right. 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 Don't, don't, be, yeah, don't that, do that. That particular thing should be like a check mark. Turn this on. Yes. Right. Just so it's not just so it's not, um, you know, confusing yeah. or whatever for people. Yeah. But yeah, like if you if you have something you're selling or like Jerry mentions here, you know, if you're a brand, then that particular case, it might make sense. Um, but even in that case, you know, like if you're a brand on YouTube, you can still do it all organically. So, yeah. you know, unless you, unless you're having a promotion of some kind that you need to bring to people's attention, like right then and there, right. then there's really not, you know, no reason to actually use it. Yeah. I get, I, you know, lack of good messaging around that. Tool, sure. Sure. You know gives the wrong impression mm-hmm. and hey, Chris, it's not what's going cheap. On, man? it's not cheap either right. right a lot more expensive than i than i thought um trying to learn bikes is our next channel they upload when they have time uh they do motorcycle diy maintenance the goal of the channel is to upload videos to help others challenge myself and exercise my uh spongy gray think holder <laughs> the uh question AKA is a lizard brain yep right in part of the upload process, there's a section called language and caption certification. One box is video language, another box is title and description language. Each have drop down menus. In the past, I've ignored checking either, assuming they default to English. Is this bad, uh, bad practice? It's fine. Like, you know, some of that stuff. Uh, that's a secret sauce. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hit that button and then everything's going to change. No. Yeah. Like things like that, um, you know, really aren't that big of a deal when it comes to it. Like if you are, you know, like translating stuff that can help you. But when it comes to, uh, you know, just defining, you know, the English language that does help fine tune things in terms of who it is, um, you know, YouTube's the system is smart enough to know that it's in English, but when you add those additional elements of a clarity, um, it can be you know helpful in terms of just helping the system make sure it gets in front of the right people. So if you are speaking you know English, then just changing that to English, you know that's fine. But when it comes to uh, title and description language, same exact thing, just let them know it's in English, that's fine. But if you don't fill that out, it's not going to like really work against you or be anything that you really have to you know worry about or think Super you did something chat. wrong or something like that. Super but, chat. But it is good to make sure that, you know, when you are looking at YouTube features that you are using stuff, right? So that you are filling out all the boxes and, you know, filling out everything. And then by, you know, doing that, you are just adding those little notches of clarity, so to speak, which is always good. What else? I don't see the super chat on my end. just put it on the screen. The best name in the chat today. Um, let's see here. D. Let me scroll it's up. It's right on the screen. Yeah, the screen's like this big on my end. That's not my problem. Um, let's see here. So let me go enlarge over man, here enlarge. and then I'll go see to it start over here. Should be, it's not showing up. D patient says, um, is there a benefit to uploading shorts from mobile? Yes. So the benefit of uploading shorts from mobile is you, um, are able to select a, uh, thumbnail. So you can't add a custom thumbnail, but one of the things that you can do is you can choose where in the video that you want YouTube to turn into a thumbnail. So you essentially get to pick a screenshot um, that is gonna be the, that's gonna be the display for that. Okay, little tip for that. If you know that you can select a single frame from your video, keep that in mind because you could put text on the screen, you could do something to actually make a single frame or- Into a thumb. Right, so you could actually choose something that looks really good and looks attractive. Mm -hmm. So you could, I don't wanna say you could game that, but you could you right. know, give that a little bit of thought and you can come up with a really interesting thumbnail right. if you and want. And keep in mind, like it doesn't always use that either. So just keep that in mind too. Um, but her heel review. Um, I wanna add something else to that. Yeah. Currently, and I know they're working on this, if you upload from your mobile device, you cannot currently connect that to a longer video. So if you're making a short that could hand off to a longer video, they've got that feature now that's only available on desktop. They are working on that for mobile, but they don't have it yet. 
Her Heel Reviews, the next question, um, uploading one year or more. The goal is 1,000 subs and 4,000 hours of watch time. Question is, is my channel five and a half years old, too old to take off? No, it is not. So in terms of revitalizing an older channel, um, the very first thing you have to do is get back on the grind of making content, right? Like you gotta do the thing. Um, in addition to that, you also, um, it can be helpful if you go through and you're like, okay, on my channel, because in your case, you're on reviews, so go through and be like, okay, on my channel, um, I'm going to go into my analytics. If I scroll to the bottom of that page, it's going to show me the videos that are bringing in the traffic uh, over the last 28 days. It's going to show me all those videos that are bringing in the most traffic. So it would make sense to publish a, you know, the next videos around content that is already bringing in people to the channel. Because one of the things when it comes to YouTube is recency in terms of people interacting with your content. And if people recently interacted with it and they really enjoyed the content, then you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube showing your new content to them when you publish it. So because of that, um, you want to just look and be like, okay, if I'm gonna be talking about this particular movie or this particular TV series, then is that something that these people that are recently interacting with the channel would be likely to enjoy? If the answer is yes, then you know go in that direction. If the answer is eh, probably not, then in that particular case, that's where you might want to uh, you know figure out like another topic or something like that. I mean, you could technically just Hail Mary, so to speak, and just, you know, make it anyway. Uh, but, you know, if you want to just give yourself that little bit of an edge, then, you know, using the information that they give you on things that people are already enjoying from your channel is the win. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's up, dude? Nice to uh, see you in here. And just a heads up to everybody, just in case you don't know this, we have Brian G. Johnson in the house. And um, with Brian, he has, for those of you that have been watching his content in the past, um, he's just started uploading to his channel again. So he does, he also helps people with YouTube channels. So if you are a, you know, content creator on YouTube, which everybody here is, I don't even know why I said that. If uh, you're a content creator <laughs> know, on YouTube. right? Like if not, why would you be in here? Um, well, actually, you know, we have had people in here that were not content creators that have, you know, that became content creators. But, um, but. Uh, make sure that you check out uh, Brian G. Johnson's channel. And while you're at it, we also got Roberto Blake in here as well. What's up, Roberto? Hope you're doing awesome too. Um, same exact thing there. He also helps content creators. So make sure you subscribe over to uh, over to Roberto Blake's uh, channel as well. So Brian came in and said that you were creeping up on 900,000. Yeah. And I just want to share with everyone the sort of the daily harassment that I get from this guy. Me? Uh, yeah, just let me- Doing let me, what? Let me- act like you don't know let me hear oh me. this is great oh, he's coming after me again i gotta hide this so i don't dox myself hold on this is the sort of messaging that i get almost pretty much daily see that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah well of course yeah of right? course yeah your daily reminder that i'm almost at 900k and i have your play button lol yeah. nick yeah i get this almost daily these yeah. sorts of messages uh last weekend i sent it to you twice yeah yeah, last Sunday. That was two times on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Sundays is like, you know, he likes to chill and relax on Sunday, so I try to torment him a little bit more on Sundays. Yeah. I, yeah. You're going to be insufferable when you hit a million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I might have to. Yeah. I might actually try to find, like, somebody to make, like, an AI bot yeah. that will uh, just automatically send it to you, like, once an hour or something like that. Just, yeah. uh, you know, just as that, uh, just that reminder. We might take a break when you hit a million. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> You might, I might go back to Mexico for a while. Oh, love it, love it, love Just it. Just yeah. I, uh, I haven't talked to D in like six months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay, so uh, Yarn Geek <laughs> is the next channel. Oh, <laughs> they do yarn and crochet 
uh, content. The goal of the channel is to spread the love of yarn and crochet. Um, the question is, I've almost uploaded 1,200 videos in three and a half years and have 15,000 subscribers. Wow. Over 500 of my uploads are live streams. Do you think having so many lives could be hurting my channel growth? Uh, well, we can talk about that here in a second. But, um, and if so, what's a good balance between posting lives and regular long form videos? So here's something to think about when it comes to live streams. In terms of hurting your channel growth, no, but one thing can happen. So if you are, there's actually two things to think about. So if you're live streaming a lot and you're also publishing a lot of videos, keep in mind that your live streams can get recommended next to those videos. So it's possible, like if we you know start getting you know theoretical, um, it's possible that YouTube uh, you know, will recommend your live streams where they could have re recommended, you know, one of your other videos in its place, right? So, you know, because of that, you know, you have that theoretical side of things like, well, yeah, you know, it could just recommend your live stream to somebody where it might have recommended a piece of video content that might have been more appropriate for them. Um, so there's that. But um, in addition to that, though, when it comes to uh, uh, live streams, there's also the side of things where, you know, if you're live streaming and your live streams are not in alignment with, what it is that you're publishing on your channel, meaning that they are not the same value um, or similar value, or basically they're not reaching the same target audience, then in that particular case, you could put yourself in a situation to where your live streams are growing a different type of viewer than your uh, than your videos are. And because of that, when you publish your videos, then they might get recommended because they're hanging out in your live streams and all that watch time and so on. And then they get recommended that, and then you know maybe they don't respond to the video because it's something that is you know different than what it is that you do in your live streams and so on. So. So, you know, because of that, just keep that in mind. Um, but at the end of the day, though, um, live streams are not, you know, something negative for a channel as long as it's targeted towards the same audience. So um, so just keep that in mind and don't let your all the live streams that you have, you know, don't think that those are bad. And one thing that you can do as well is you can actually just take your live streams and you can just look at the impressions that they're getting. Um, you can just go into your advanced mode and your analytics and look for that and just change it to like 28 days. And you'll see that out of all those 500 live streams, not all of them are, you know, still getting a lot of impressions and things like that so because of that you know the impact that they could make um it's not really there right because they're not they're not really getting recommended uh yeah and i just want to say on a personal note i really like your recent thumbnails i'm just looking at your channel here your recent thumbnails look really good uh and i haven't gone through all of the live streams but it looks like she's keeping everything consistent with, consistent with okay, the niche some of the live streams are getting a decent amount of views too good so since you're there, yeah. um, you know, in that in that particular case, you know, because they're worried, you know, basically they're like, hey, I've uploaded 1,200 videos, three and a half years, I have 50,000, 15,000 subscribers, which by the way, 15,000 subscribers, if, if you look at it from your perspective and you see other channels with a bunch of subscribers, you might think to yourself that that's not a lot of subscribers, but 15,000 subscribers is actually a lot. So for example, who in the chat right here right now would love to have 15,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel? If that's you, just say me. <laughs> uh, just for you know a little bit of perspective there, but um, uh, but if you are trying to accelerate things, um, you know because you do have so much content on your channel, I would definitely go into uh, your analytics and start you know really trying to understand how people have been interacting with your content and anything that you can notice. Look for patterns in terms of how people are reacting to things. Like you know when your videos first start, are you having like substantial drops there where you know things don't really recover, or in your videos do you only get people so far and then they fall 
fall off, you know, at scale from there. Like, you know, just getting a really good understanding of the things that you do in videos that keep people interested versus make people go away um, is is what I would definitely do because you have tons of content and just data in general that you can dig into to really start, you know, uh, fine tuning things uh, on your channel. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we got Yarn Geek. Love the channel name. Says they do. Oh, we just did that one already. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to now. Yeah. Welcome to now. So next up, we've got uh, Crazy Kid Nine Four Nine. They do entertainment content. The goal of the channel is to provide S entertainment. Slide this over here. You don't need that anymore. This. Uh, provide entertainment to those who are looking for comedy and musical uh, entertainment to brighten their day. The question is, can I just send someone an email to allow them to use my content without uh, being given a claim ID issue by YouTube on a person by person basis? So in order for somebody to get a copyright um, claim on your content, you would need to issue the claim. Right. So because of that, technically, you don't have to say anything if you are going to give somebody permission. But keep in mind, if they're going to take your video and then just use your video, then in that particular case, you've got, you know, videos on YouTube that are the same exact video and that can end up causing problems for you in the future. So just keep that in mind and, you know, just be a little bit protective. Um, if somebody is going to use your stuff, just make sure they're, they're not just taking your entire video and using that. Make sure that they are using it in like a different format or they're making compilations with it or they're doing something to create a unique experience for people when they interact with it. Yeah, I'm going to add something to that because in addition to comedy, you said you're also musical entertainment because you are putting music, and I don't know to what capacity you're adding uh, music in your videos there, but if you're giving people permission to use your videos and they contain music, even if it's original music, just as a heads up, YouTube's content ID system does make mistakes a lot more than it should. Mm. So in theory, you could give someone an original piece of music for them to use, and they could end up with a content ID claim. Right even though you didn't yep as weird as that sounds those sorts of weird things happen so mm -hmm. just heads up on that with music environmental coffee house thank you for the super chat says um super chat says do you know why youtube live chat is not replaying on mobile phones i use restream and ecamm so uh you have to make sure like i don't know if you see it on a computer if you see it on a computer and not the mobile device i'm not sure but if you are not seeing it anywhere you have to make sure that when you are scheduling your live stream that you go into your live stream settings and you check the box that allows for live stream replay so that is off by default so you want to make sure that you go in there and you check that box in order to make sure that anybody that is interacting with your live stream that they do see that that they do see that replay um for the chat if it is something that you're wanting people to see a lot of people don't you know really care said, about that but there's people see, that do they said they see it on a computer just oh not, just interesting not their phone yeah so in that case um i would reach out to team youtube uh on twitter because i'm not really sure why you would see it in one place and not the other because the option is like yes it's there or no it is not so because of that i would definitely reach out to team youtube and let them know um that it's not that it's not showing up over there yeah, they could be testing something. Yeah, they could be. They're always testing things. You could just be in some beta group that you're not aware of, mm -hmm. and they're just trying something out. Yep. Um, let's see here. So next up, we have Millennial Legends. Millennial Legends uploads every other day. Uh, the type of channel is personal travel, vlogging, a broad perspective from a millennial. The question is, or the goal, sorry, is to build a true brand, an ideal that inspires others to wake up and see their potential. Love it. Great. And the question is, We've gone from zero subs to 13,000 subs since June of this year. Congratulations, your growth yeah. is very good. So just give yourself a, a high five for that. 
We just began receiving our first partner and brand deal offers. Do we upsell ourselves and bid high or low? And how do you break down how much you should be asking for each deal? Great question. So first, since you're just walking into this territory, because when it comes to brand deals, there's just a ton of things that are really helpful to know. I really recommend that you go check out Justin Moore over at Creator Wizard, uh, the YouTube channel. If you just go to YouTube search and you type in Creator Wizard, um, it will take you to Justin Moore's Creator Wizard YouTube channel. He specializes in brand deals for content creators. So step one is make sure that you go and check out his stuff. I actually have a video on my channel, not the last video I published, but the one prior, um, where it's also him. He's given a bunch of great advice there. You can find direct links to him there, but make sure that you go and, and you check out his stuff so you can just get up to speed because I'm gonna give you some information, but there's a lot more things to know. So when it comes to your brand deals, you can absolutely upsell yourself. Um, when it comes to upsells, the whole idea is thinking about how you can turn that one video that they want to do into multi a multiple video deal or a longer term contract with them, uh, if that's something that you're interested in. Some people don't want to do some people don't want to do uh, like long-term contracts don't, and things like that. Don't you mad eyeball but, me. <laughs> but if you do, well, I, I didn't know if it was me or if it was like, it, no, I didn't know if it was you. I was, oh, okay. I, was, I was looking to see mobile stuff. Oh, okay, okay. That was your live stream, yeah. Um, but basically when you are, uh, you know, working, uh, when you're having those conversations, one, it's super helpful to hop on a phone call if you're comfortable with that for the deals that you're actually wanting to pursue. And when you hop on that phone call, um, having uh, packages that you put together saying, hey, I've got a YouTube channel where we do this. Uh, I've got, you know, my Twitter account that has X amount of followers on it. And I get about this engagement on Twitter. I've got an Instagram. I've got a TikTok. If you have those other assets, if you have an email, you know, put together packages based on, on the assets that you have and what it is that you're that you're willing to do with those different assets so you have your youtube channel right let's say it's just your youtube channel in that particular case you could agree to do one video if you wanted to or in order to maximize that deal and if it's something that is a good fit for your audience it's going to maximize the exposure to them it's going to maximize the exposure to the brand in terms of the audience to the brand and it's going to maximize your income on it and it's going to show that you consistently support that brand over time which is also powerful so when it it comes to the conversation give them an option of one video that is a high price and then put together packages that make things a little bit more reasonable so they're like hey if you want to do one video um, because we're only going to work together this one time maybe we'll work together again in the future but we're not going to have this ongoing relationship so because of that um you know that one video is going to be a higher price because you know i have to go through all these things exchange all these emails send it to you for approval because sometimes they require that and those types of things um but if you want to do a package then i'm going to give you a better deal for doing multiple videos right in addition to that you also have to be very specific about what it is that you offer are you giving them dedicated videos are you giving them bumpers to where you know there's somewhere in your video that you mention the product for you know 30 seconds or you have just a, a highlight moment in your video or are you making a, an entire video about their product you got to get clear on all of that stuff and then you present that to them. Now, when it comes to what it is that you should charge, um, I'm a little bit different with this than, than a lot of people are because I look at it in terms of opportunity cost because I also bring attention to things um, as an affiliate as well. So when somebody you know reaches out to me for a brand deal, I consider the loss that I'm gonna take on videos that I would publish something as an affiliate and, you know, and I, I try to make up for that loss through the sponsorship, but then I also, if they have an affiliate program, I also make sure that as part of the deal, 
deal that I can also maintain my affiliate links for all the tracking and things like that. So then that way, even once that deal, you know, either stops working out or whatever the thing is, then in that particular case, then I can still come out on the other side to where I'm still continuing to make money through the through the links as an affiliate without having to, you know, go back into my descriptions and change things up and add all that extra work. So because of that, I would definitely make sure that you, uh, you know, consider all of those things. And when it comes to the pricing, again, I look at the opportunity cost. I also look for things like, what are they charging? And then I personally will estimate like, what is their lifetime, you know, possible lifetime value. Um, so for example, if it was like a cheap app or something where it didn't have like much upsells, they're going to get a better deal than if it's something that costs, you know, a lot of money. And with that cheaper thing, um, that also, you know, I might be able to drive a lot of sales there as an affiliate, whereas that higher thing, I would make more, um, you know, per sale as an affiliate, but I might not convert as much because it's a, a high ticket thing, or maybe it's just like a little bit not perfect for the audience or something like that. Um, so I would keep all of those things in mind when it comes to the pricing. And in terms of the nitty gritty on like, okay, well, you know, what should I charge them? Um, I would also go over to Justin's channel um, for that specific information because he actually has things that he takes people through there. But the best thing that you can do is you can ask them what their budget is. So when they reach out to you, say, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. What is your budget? And then you put the ball back in their court. And then that gives you like a baseline thing that you can work with or you can be like, oh, okay, yeah, I would do it for that. That's worth it for me. Um, or you can be like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not even gonna turn my camera on for that. Um, so because of that, I'm going to uh, reply or rebuttal them with, you know, with what my, you know, rates are based on what I, you know, with that not being enough, it puts it into your uh, perspective in terms of it being like, okay, well, yeah, that's way too low. So because of that, this is what I'm going to charge instead and then see if they, you know, take it from there. Um, so hopefully that helps. Um, but yeah, definitely make sure that you go over to Justin Moore over at creator wizard. Um, because, you, cause again, like there's, there's a lot of things that you can do when it comes to brand deals and in his entire YouTube channel specializes in talking about all those things. So make sure that you go over there and you check him out. Yeah. I want to add something to that too. And if you already said it, I apologize. I was, I was going to, I'm going to show that person how to access uh, live comments on your phone. Don't let the brands try to lowball you based on your views. Yeah. Don't, did you talk about that? I did not. Yeah. Sometimes they'll come at you and say, well, we looked at your overall views and we think, you know, we pay this. For no, no. That video is going to sit on YouTube mm -hmm. forever until yep. you take it offline. Yep. Do not let them try to give you a price based on your views. Yep. Price yourself based on what you want to be paid, yep. how you want to be paid. Yep. That stuff is going to live on YouTube. Yep for the for the duration of your channel and Absolutely. they might and they might even use it for advertising for themselves that's other things too like you, you can, can charge, charge for more, that stuff you can charge more right. for that if you want to as well that's entirely right. up to you i know you don't do you do do you no, do that now I, yeah like um i'll let people use me for ads and things like that like we usually talk about that ahead of time yeah um and i'm fine with that because in my opinion it's like yeah you can spend as much money as you want on ads it's putting my face in front of a lot more people so yeah. go for it yeah but you know people are different about that some people are like hey i don't want you you know using you know me without you know compensation and stuff like that um but i just work it into the yeah. you know, i just work it into the deals yeah so yeah just the main thing i wanted to say is don't let them lowball you based on on your view count mm -hmm. all right second thing i want to show you and i and i need a a good setup for this okay so here's the comments you see those little dots right there swipe to the left and now you have live comments live chat replay swipe to the right back to comments swipe to the left live chat replay boom you're, you're welcome look at that boom love it there you go d over there solving solving problems 
Yeah, I saw somebody, I didn't even know it did that. Somebody mentioned it in the chat, and I apologize for not being able to credit you for that. But somebody mentioned that they put, like, I hit, somebody said I hit the little dots, and I'm like, little dots? Yeah, Doug right here is like, swipe left. Oh, my God. That, thanks, YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think that's cool. So they moved yep, it. Yeah, right here, Chatty Kathy mentioned it also. Yep, thank you. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep, thank you. So uh, here, Slipping so, that in there. Right? That's a cool feature, though. It is. Super cool. You know what they should have done, though? Since it was new, they should have like spent like a couple of weeks with the, like, like animated that a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, I wonder what that thing so is. So brings tend to have it just kind of slide over and then yeah, go yeah, back yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just for like a week. I or agree. Two. Roger Wakefield in the house. What's up, dude? All right. Nice to see you in here. Hope that you're doing fantastic. And we got to talk real quick. Roger, just to let you know, we've named your cup. Yeah, it's the Wakefield. It's called the Wakefield. Yeah. This is called the Wakefield. Mm -hmm. It's not called Roger's Cup. It's yep. not called the Expert Plumber's Cup. Yep, it's, it's the Wakefield. It's not even Roger Wakefield's Cup. It is the wakefield so so roger really quick since you're in here man so i was telling my brother uh when we were at the mall today i was like man roger's like penetrating my subconscious so here's what's happened to me this week today actually not this week today and during the chat which adds one more touch point with roger wakefield so here he is yeah so, he is so, again. so here's here what happened again. yeah i know so, so so here's what happened so i wake up i'm sitting there having my coffee in your cup at home so there's one um i look over across the table from me because my girlfriend woke up before me she's wearing one of your expert plumber shirts because because one of the ones that i got was a small so i gave it to her so she's wearing one of your expert plumber shirts so that was there i hop onto facebook i'm scrolling through and i see owen's thing about where he's going to get his uh transplant and uh and there's a picture picture on there to where it's him and Sean and they're both wearing one of your hats um, and then I had that and then I come in here and then you know we got another mug in here and then now you're in the now you're and in the uh, chat I showed him my Halloween costume where I'm going as you <laughs> yeah that that yeah not that one but yeah so like five things I told my brother I was like man I gotta get my life together I was like I need I to know. be in people's minds like Roger Wakefield yeah like, this is great. Roger's out there penetrating your mind right, he is yeah and that's you're, great you're out here drinking whatever that is yeah and, right I'm out, I'm out here drinking out of paper cups and Roger's out here like you know going to, go, going into subconscious going into people's subconscious minds you're gonna dream about him tonight right so uh daniel patel what's up man says um i don't i don't hear a thing they're saying all i can see is the gaffer's tape d put on the tv <laughs> love it absolutely uh absolutely love it i was hoping you wouldn't notice <laughs> So uh, let's see here. So next up, <laughs> seriously, I was hoping people would forget. Yeah, Daniel didn't. No, forget. he didn't. Yep. Now everybody else can be like, "Huh? What? Do, what is that?" Now everybody's gonna see it. He's like an elephant. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, because you were not in the Streamyard stream, who hit a hundred thousand subscribers, yeah, shout last out to Saturday, them again. Yeah, congratulations. Which is really to them. cool. So we and were, thanks for those of you that went over there too. Yeah. So we were talking last uh, last Saturday. Mm -hmm. We're talking about live streaming things, mm -hmm. things to do in the studio. And one of the things that we had to do because of our new lighting setup is we had a really harsh glare across the top of the TV. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm gonna point this out, you're not gonna be able to unsee this. You yep. can see that this has a different color than this down at the bottom. That's because this is gaff tape. I had to put black gaff tape up at the top to get rid of a really harsh reflection from the new light that we put up here. And that is what Daniel is, is referencing there. Mm -hmm. And you'll never be able to unsee that now. Yep. And I feel I feel a little bit exposed. Hmm. I feel like Roger could just really penetrate my mind right now. Yeah, he probably could. And I wouldn't even like. Yeah, probably I, could. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm defenseless right now, Roger. Do your thing. <laughs> Feel exposed because you're letting people know your like set design yeah. secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Set design secrets. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. This set design secret that like you know interior designers don't want you to know. Set yeah. designers don't want you to know. Yeah. So us plus dad uh, is our next question here. They do daily content. The type of channel is Roblox Family Goal Play. Uh, the goal of the channel is to create an interactive Roblox community. And the question is, what other platforms do you suggest gaming channels upload their content to? Play button arrived. Hope Nick find yours D. So first off, congratulations again on your play button. Um, and when it comes to other platforms, really just thinking about where your viewers are, right? Like um, in your case, you know, gaming, you know, having a discord, you know, for your community would probably be pretty cool for, you know, for your people. And then you could also publish your videos into there to let people know that they're there. In addition to that, uh, you know, people do upload gaming content to Instagram, to Facebook, you know, all over the place. So if gamers are there, Roblox gamers, then you should be uploading there. So technically, if you have the time or the bandwidth to do it, uploading everywhere would be the would be the move there. And then that would allow you to, you know, get in front of people that are interested in Roblox and all of the different, you know, apps that people are using. All right, so we're going to go into more set problems here. So Geology Dude says, tape the bottom two. So you it matches. You don't need to show the brand name logo. And so yeah, that sure. little comment lets you know who actually does the work here in the studio. Right. Uh, I would have to actually cut out a square, uh, an area for the remote control because the infrared is actually right there. Mm, interesting. Now, I could do that. I could do that. But here's the thing. My, my OCD, if I didn't cut that perfectly... That's the only thing I would see when I came in here. Mm. So it would have to be a perfectly centered, perfectly cut out with an X-Acto knife uh, hole in order for that infrared to hit it. Yeah. And if, I, and if it wasn't perfect, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to function in this room. So there you have it. Yeah. So otherwise, yes. No. Yeah. So uh, next up, we've got Jordan um, as <laughs> Muzzin. They uh, do daily content. They do jazz music covers. The goal of the channel is to share my love of classic jazz tunes oh with God. the world. Pause. What? Brian G doesn't know. Doesn't know what? He doesn't know the play button. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he knows. No. Yeah, he does. He says, wait, it's all making sense. D, you lost your play. Oh, you're blaming me. Yeah, it is his fault. I, no, I didn't know that you didn't. You know, know, you know, Brian, when we were in Mexico, right? And we we're like, hey, we're out of here. And D's like, hey, you know, we're going to be down here for a couple more weeks. And then he ended up getting trapped. He could have came back. But, you know, he's like, hey, we're going to stay down here a couple more weeks. Next thing you know, he's two years in Mexico. So, uh, funny story. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Funny story. This is a true story. Oh, that's funny, Jerry. Jerry says OCD. Yeah, that's great. The last time I saw Brian G. Johnson, mm -hmm. true story. The last time I saw Brian G. Johnson, a seagull. Oh, yeah. Went to the bathroom on you. Defecated. Yeah. All over me. Yeah. And I that was if, great. It, yeah. I mean, you know, for us, because it didn't yeah. happen to us. It was, it, you know, it was great watching that. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was like, like a car wash. Yeah. Or, I mean, it was just like, it was terrible. And it, it, there was a group of us, mm -hmm. and Brian G, and he was there, my, my girlfriend was there. Mm -hmm. But the bird was like, that guy. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to get that guy right there. Yep. And it, I mean, it was just, it evacuated, I guess, before it took off for flight. I guess. Yep. And it was just, I think it. You were in the line of sight or the line of. I think, I believe, and I truly believe this to my core. I believe that bird has anger issues mm -hmm. and hates people. Mm -hmm. And it had been holding up. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know what? I'm going to hold this 
for like a and month. And just really get it on somebody. Yeah, yeah I'm going to hold this for like yeah. a month. And then like, I'm going to ruin somebody's day. I'm going to pick one person <laughs> and I'm going to ruin their day. Yeah. Ooh, look at that guy in the hat. And that I'm was, going after him. Yeah. He's perfect. And all his other bird friends are like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good it, one right there. Check him it, out. It was like this. It's like, oh, look. There's there's Nick. Oh, there's Brian G. Oh, look at that dude with a hat. I'm getting him. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. Probably. Getting, yeah. So Jordan S. S. Moosen is our is our next channel here. Uh, they've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do jazz music covers. The goal of the channel is to share my love of jazz tunes with the world. The question is: Is it possible to upload too often? I'm uploading new songs each day, but I've been wondering whether I'm overdoing it. Would it be worth trying uploading less frequency frequently, um, or is it better to upload more if possible? So when you're uploading your music, and in the case of music, like it's fine to upload you know every day if you want to, um, but if you are uploading every day and you think that that could be negatively impacting the quality of the music that you're uploading, then in that particular case, um, if it was needed in order to make the experience better for the viewers that would be interacting with the content, then in that particular case, it would make more sense to slow things down a little bit and upload that way. But if everything that you're putting out is bangers and you have this big archive of, you know, music that you're like, hey, I'm just going to be getting this out, um, then in that particular case, you can still upload, you know, um, every day if you want to. Um, and, you know, when it comes to daily uploads, it's fine. You know, there's some channels that upload multiple times per day and they do great. Um, but the, the, the only thing to consider is you know if you're uploading a bunch of content the days of just flooding youtube with content and then getting a result because you're publishing a lot those days are gone these days everything is based and it's been this way for a long time everything is based on performance on youtube so if you're uploading content of any kind it doesn't matter if it's music it doesn't matter if you're you know uploading video content or shorts or whatever if people don't respond well to it then in that particular case you're just working against yourself by uploading a lot because you're not going to just magically you know cause people to respond differently so because of that, if you are uploading, you know, daily content, you're not getting any results, you know, out of what it is that you're doing in that particular case, scaling back a little bit so that you can focus on making sure that what you're putting out is quality, learning how people are responding to what it is that you're doing, adjusting as needed, publishing something else, learning from that, adjust as needed, publish something else and so on. Um, uh, that's, that's usually the best path in terms of, you know, getting real growth on YouTube because, you know, just flooding it and then not, you know, making changes to it based on how people are responding. Um, um, it just doesn't, you know, it, that's just not the path um, anymore. Way back in the day, that used to work. People could just go and they could upload daily content. And just because they were putting content out, um, you know, it would just get out and get in front of a lot of people because the competition wasn't as high and things weren't tuned the way they are now. Um, so because of that, you know, uh, just keep that in mind when it comes to your daily uploads. And <laughs> Jerry, seagulls versus seagulls. seagulls. Nice. <laughs> the seagulls won. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> Don't fight with seagulls. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. So uh, we've got uh, uh, Geology Dude. They do bi-weekly content. The type of channel is rock, rock identification and geology education. Uh, the goal of the channel is influence and monetization. The question is, does YouTube penalize channels slash impressions uh, if the watch hours tally drops? Soon after reaching the one-year anniversary channel, uh, anniversary of my channel, my view counts have progressively dropped. During the first year, my views grew nicely, but in the past six months, they're stagnating and dropping. Note that my channel initially started with longer videos, but then I switched to mostly shorts to focus on growing subscribers. Okay, so that's probably what's going on. So you're not publishing any long form content. And because of that, you don't have anything feeding that archive per se. So if you had like super high performing uh, content for that long form content, or if it was like search based content or is bringing in more stable traffic, then in that particular case, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't have as big of a drop off. But if you are not publishing, you know, long form content, then you don't have much of an archive uh, or you don't 
have anything necessarily like feeding that archive. Because one thing that happens, and this is always important to make sure that you're thinking about, is you know when it comes to YouTube, when you're publishing content, it doesn't matter if you publish you know every day or if you're publishing once a month. When you publish a video, YouTube starts testing that video all over the platform for the users that they think or the system thinks is a good fit for that particular piece of content. And when people come in and they start responding to it, for the people that respond well, especially you know for the new people, then YouTube, the system is gonna say, okay, well, um, this person D came in and he watched this video. So because of that, you know, based on how he interacted with this video, the system detects that he had a good experience with it. So now YouTube is gonna say, okay, what else in the archive would also be a good fit for D? And then they're gonna start recommending that. But when you're not publishing videos to the channel, um, I know you're doing shorts, but when you're not publishing that long form content to the channel, then you don't have as strong of a system in place, so to speak, to where you're continually feeding into YouTube that can then from that point feed, uh, you know, viewers into, you know, your other content that you have on your channel. So keep that in mind. But another thing is yes, YouTube is, you know, building that, you know, system and it's already in place. Like you can already see, you know, it happening. But if you do watch shorts, you know, they can also recommend your long form content there. But that is another one of those situations to where if it's recent, um, then in that particular case, you know, you're going to, you know, increase your chances of, you know, those types of things as well. So, um, so because of that, you know, just keep that in mind when it comes to switching from like, hey, I'm not doing long form anymore. I'm just going to go into shorts, um, you know, keep those types of things in mind. Hey, did you get the super chat from dream builders 21 that says do you do reviews? do i review channels weekly no uh we do okay. not so um i do do Super those tracks. over on the tube spanner channel from time to time um we're getting ready to start uploading content over to that channel again um so once we start uploading content over there then i'm going to start doing live streams over there on a more regular basis as well and we will be doing them there so just make sure that you are subscribed to the tube spanner uh youtube channel because that's where that'll go down to Spanner. Tube spanner. So next up, we've got Grim Wolf Edit. They upload one time per week or more. They do editing content. The goal of the channel is to create videos for fun and enjoyment. And I love sharing entertainment, entertaining comment with others. Um, content with others. What is the question? I make edits on my channel. Any tips to get monetized? So you're making edits, meaning you're just publishing videos to your YouTube channel. So um, in terms of getting monetized, just make sure that you are targeting your content towards a specific type of viewer that you understand who it is that you're trying to reach for your content or base or at the very least, you understand that, that you're operating within a certain niche and then just make sure that within that niche that every video that you publish to the channel is also within that niche so that if somebody comes in and they watch the video that you published yesterday, the next video that, that comes up on your channel, those people would also be likely to enjoy that. And then after that video is published, the next video that you publish to your channel, the people that watch those two videos would be likely to enjoy that and then so on um, by doing that and then learning how people respond to the content that you're publishing in terms of you know just looking at your audience retention reports and seeing when people came into this how long did they stick around for where did they leave um, where was I able to get them to the end if so was I able to drive people into my um, end screens to, that would drive them into other content and so on but just understand how people are interacting with your content so you can tweak things to create a better experience for uh, for the viewers that are interacting with your content you know what we forgot to do What's that? Uh, we briefly talked about this, like Halloween's coming up. It is. So when Daniel and I did our stream, of course, Daniel went all out as he always does, and mm -hmm. I, I had a mask, and we talked about wearing like our Star Wars helmets mm -hmm. and like putting the, the road, uh, the wireless goes up in there. We mm -hmm. totally didn't do that. Oh yeah. We had like plenty of time. Yeah, we did. You were even over there looking at them. I was, and I even complimented. I was like, man, yeah. these helmets look good. Yeah. yeah. 
You're right, we didn't. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the end of the questions, D. That's crazy. Yep, so we only have 13 questions come in today. So I'm closing the question form down. Let's take them out of the chat. Let's have fun. Yeah, we're going to. That's exactly what we're going to do. Let's freestyle. Yep, so we're going to freestyle. So basically, um, you had the opportunity to, you know, put it in the form where everything is brought in the order that it's received. Now we're gonna be cherry picking things, so it's gonna be a little bit harder to get the questions um, answered. Yep. However, we're just gonna you know, go through and just start picking them out. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, um, make sure that you put a cue in front of your question and ask anything that you want. And uh, and then you know we'll just randomly pull them out of the chat in the meantime. So what do you, what, what do you wanna talk about, D? In the meantime, so... Uh, so you want to talk about, talk uh, about YouTube news? What has YouTube okay. done recently? So uh, basically, YouTube has lowered the uh, or not lowered the requirements, but how they lowered the requirements for monetization and they created that entry monetization tier. Okay. Not too long ago. Yep. Now they've expanded that to more countries, so okay. that's a win. Uh, in addition to that, they've also made it where people can pause comments on individual videos on YouTube. So let's say you're being harassed, or let's say you publish something that you know you're getting you know some weird you know feedback on in that particular case you can just pause the comments and it keeps the ones that are there publicly visible but it doesn't allow people to um, add any additional comments uh, so you have that as well which is pretty cool um, and uh, yeah when it comes to news then you have uh, then you have those All right, while we're waiting for questions what's your opinion on YouTube's creator responsibility policy this is the policy that they use to demonetize Russell Brand mm -hmm. for an accusation not a charge yeah. but an accusation they recently used it against uh, Sniper Wolf because mm -hmm. of something she did on Twitch where they demonetized, I believe, her recent video. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the creator responsibility policy is where YouTube, if they see that you're doing things off of the platform. Very important to know if you're just coming into YouTube or even if you're an experienced creator. This you, is really important. Do you want to you, you explain No, no, it? go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It, so if YouTube finds out, maybe you make the news or somebody reports you or shows it to YouTube and you're doing something that YouTube believes is not okay for them mm -hmm. the creator responsibility policy if they believe it's not responsible they can demonetize videos or your entire channel right yeah so like with her you know she she doxed people um you know and that and that you know basically got her in trouble uh when it comes to that like there's proof of her doing that um but i think on the russell brand thing i mean i don't know the question though the question i don't know is, tons about about what happened there but like with him if it's an accusation um, I think just like in, you know, court, you know, you don't go to prison just because somebody thinks you did something. You go to prison because, you know, you are right. proven without a shadow of doubt that you did that thing. Right. So, you know, when it comes to that, I think that YouTube shouldn't throw people under the bus until it's proven that they did the thing. Because if they don't do that, then it could be weaponized in the future. Right. So you have like, you know, some big creator, then somebody can say, oh, well, they did this and they can start causing a stink of some kind. And if that stink ends up getting any traction where it becomes something that's in the you know general public awareness, then in that particular case, you know, it can be held against people. So because of that, I think that proof um, should be part of that. And if you you know, if you violate it, you know, you are a creator on their platform and it does reflect on them because, you know, for example, like we were talking about over dinner, how you have those guys in Japan that are making, you know, content over there that that is, you know, okay. like bothering people and things like that um, to where the J Japanese authorities are going after them. In that particular case, in the news, it says Japanese authorities are going after YouTubers, okay. right? So then in that particular case, it reflects negatively on YouTube. So in that particular case, you know, the authorities are, you know, after them. So, you know, in that case, then yeah, you know, maybe they should be hit, but it's a fine line because what I'm saying there kind of goes against the proof. 
right? Because they haven't been convicted in Japan, right? But they are now, you know, spotlighted in Japan, and they're and they're actually, uh, you know, talking about things um, or presenting it in a way through the media that makes YouTube and YouTubers in general look bad. Yeah, I have a I have a real problem with this policy. I I I think it's a I think it's a load of crap. Okay, I think what you do off the platform is none of their business. Mm. Now, if you are, if okay. we were employees, it would be different. If it was employees, but since absolutely. we're all contractors, yeah, it's that that's a that's a great argument. Yeah, since right. we're contractors, then really we shouldn't. They, it shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. Well, well, then that opens up right, and I know they have legal teams for that, but like, I, I, I know when you're in the U.S. and if you hire a contractor, mm-hmm. right, you can't put all these terms on them right. because then it makes them an employee. Right. So if YouTube's saying like, well, you can't act a certain way off the platform, or we're going to demonetize you, right. Man, I don't know. Right, like somebody will, somebody's going to sue them yeah. over this eventually, yeah. and I'm going to. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a, a steaming pile of crap okay. that they're able to demonetize you based on things that may not have even happened yeah. in the first place, right. but things that happened off of the platform. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a little bit of leeway there. If you get, if you did something. You get charged. You go through the the system, and they they you get convicted. YouTube can then say. We don't want to associate with that. We don't want ads. You know, obviously, it's we don't want brands. our advertisers to associate with that. We don't want yeah. advertisers to associate with that. Now, I haven't confirmed this, and we talked about this before. I have not confirmed this, but I read on Reddit, and again, unconfirmed. I didn't go look. I read that after they demonetized Russell Brand for and used the creator responsibility. That's a mouthful. The creator responsibility policy that they were still running ads. He just wasn't getting paid for it. Mm. So they were still ads at that time. That's shady. At that time. Yeah, that's if shady. If that's true, they were collecting the ad revenue, yeah. and he wasn't getting it. If mm. that was true, I, again, I didn't confirm it. I read that on Reddit. But I, I don't know. I just think the whole thing is kind of shady. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Yeah. We just wanted to uh, something to talk about. Yeah, we're just buying time, essentially, yeah. is what was happening there. So, uh, so, so the, I'll, I'll let you click on the questions. <clears throat> Go ahead. Okay. So we've got, uh, let's see here, type a key in front question. Okay. Getting more views as a custom shoe artist. So a couple things to think about um, is one, make sure that you are doing art on popular shoes because, you know, as you know, you know, there's a whole movement um, around, you know, shoe collectors and things like that. So putting art on popular shoes so that people will look at it from like a spectacle, a spectacle perspective Trendy. and be like, man, Trendy. I can't believe they did that to this shoe or whatever. Um, in that particular case, you know, that would probably be a win. Uh, in addition to that also, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, trying to find other popular things. Like, let's say, for example, you have, you know, celebrities wearing certain shoes or you have, you know, athletes wearing certain shoes or whatever, doing art on them and then framing the content around them. Uh, in that particular case, that would be, you know, something you could do. Um, you could also paint popular things onto the shoe. So, for example, like a shoe with like a lo-fi girl scene painted on it um, or, you know, something like that. The new Deadpool Based, movie is getting ready to come out. Right. Get ahead of that when people right. start talking. Oh, the new Deadpool tra- trailer just dropped. Right. Everybody's going to be looking for Deadpool. For Deadpool. And then, bam, you've got your, you know, shoe with Deadpool on it. Yeah. Deadpool on it. Yeah, that's exactly. going to take some research on your part, though, to yeah. see what's coming down, the, you know, what's coming down the pipe yep. there. but. And as a part of that, also make sure that you're also considering like, okay, um, if I'm going to be talking about things that are popular and you, you, you're going to know this already because you're, you know, obviously in the, in the space, but if you are going to be talking about things that are popular, just make sure that you are talking about the things to where there's a good overlap. So, you know, people that are into, you know, the, the shoe collection thing or they're, they're into shoes. 
for those people, you know, what is the overlap with pop culture there that you might be able to tap? into so is it you know is it music um is it you know uh athletes is it is it you know hollywood like what is it and then use that stuff as the leverage so that you're so that you're making the best fit uh for it there uh really quick so jerry chimed in on the creator uh, responsibility policies he says a monetized creator you're a partner of youtube they reserve the right to cancel the partnership at any time for any reason they do mm, that's true yeah that, that that's, that's true that's true yep. that being said that being said this tool feels like it could be weaponized. Yeah. That's my problem with it. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct, Jerry. My problem is, is it, it feels like it's a weapon now. Yeah. It's because we, oh wow, we don't like what you did. Here's a crazy thing. Here's an accusation of something that happened a decade ago. Right. You just that lost. That may or may not have happened. Right. You just lost a right. million dollars a year. Right. The fair thing to do would be this. We're going to put your ad revenue. Like, in like an escrow of some kind. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put your, but even then, Right. Even then, I don't know. Yeah, I just, man, I just, because it feels like a weapon, that's why I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. But Ross, you're absolutely right, Jerry. Ross Neum says, um, if you have a video doing really well, would you wait for it to slow down before posting your next video? This is a really good question, and there's a lot of debate around this, but here's my thoughts is when it comes to video performance, it's important to make sure that you're thinking about long-term. When it comes to YouTube, just a tip for everybody here, always think long-term and think at scale, right? So when what I mean by think at scale is you're gonna have people in your comment sections, right? Like the, the vocal few, you know, so to speak. You're gonna have some people in there that are talking about, you know, the things that they don't like about your videos. Some of them may speak on behalf of everyone. However, it doesn't mean that those people that are vocal are correct. It's always good to take that stuff in, research it, see if, you know, see if like, oh, okay, well, yeah, people do leave when I do these types of things that they were complaining about that kind of stuff and look into it. But just because somebody's saying it doesn't make it like gospel, so to speak. So make sure that you're always thinking at scale. Same exact thing goes when it comes to the reach of your videos. You know, when you're optimizing your content, think about accessibility. Like, okay, um, is there anything that that this is creating? Any, any roadblocks that I'm creating with this content or how I'm packaging this content up, I mean, to where if somebody were to see this on their homepage, to where there would be qualifiers that they would need to uh, pass in order for this content to even be relevant to people. Um, or, you know, things like that that would cause them to, to click away, like, or not click on it, like, you know, episode numbers or, you know, those sorts of things to a new viewer to where it might give them the impression that they need to watch five more videos in order to catch up with what's happening there, those types of things. Um, but when it comes to the long-term performance on YouTube, you know, if you publish daily videos, then yes, YouTube is going to prioritize some of them based on whichever ones are performing best. Um, they're gonna prioritize different videos for different viewers, and they're gonna prioritize the the um, the highest performing videos in terms of wrecking them, recommending them to you know more people. So those will break through even more thresholds, so to speak, in terms of uh, you know different you know broader audiences of people if you have that higher response. So because of that, sometimes when you publish a video, you might see a dip um, in you know your video that's already performing well, but but if you go back to it, then you'll see that dip, you know, it'll come out on the other side and kind of get back to normal after that initial, you know, promotion is done or whatever, um, or just after it has, you know, found that, uh, that balance between promoting that new one and then also showing the other one to the relevant people that would be interested in that as well. So because of that, if you have a piece of content that you're, that you're putting out, instead of thinking about it from the perspective of, I have this video, it's performing well, should I not publish, um, you know, because of it? Instead of that, think to yourself, 
okay, I'm going to publish on this day of the week or these days of the week for the next year. Um, and no matter what, I'm going to publish on these days. If that means that I have a video that's doing well, um, in that particular case, I'm still going to publish on these days because then you start building in consistency, which is way more important long-term. And you're also giving yourself the opportunity to also continually be putting content into the system. That's also going to feed that older content that you have as well. So because of that, instead of looking at it, like you're stepping on other videos, so to speak, um, just think long-term and that immediate step that might happen. Um, it's not going to impact the long-term performance performance of the video. So Shark Scrapper. Great question though. Shark Scrapper disagrees and says, um, sorry, D, I disagree. YouTube has every right to protect their brand. If we want to be part of this, we have a responsibility to their brand as well as ours. Uh, yeah, valid. absolutely. It's valid. Yeah. It's valid. The, yeah. question, the question becomes though, and this is a question for everybody. The question becomes is because it's not defined. There's no line. There's no line. It comes down to someone has to make the decision. It's like, yeah, we're okay with that. We're not okay with that. Yeah. There's no line. There's no, like, here's the things that we do not, if you do these things offline, we'll demonetize you. Those, those do not exist currently. So it's just kind of like, it, it's a gray area in regards to who believes that this is a problem. You know, an accusation of something 10 years ago, that's enough for them to take somebody's monetization away. Might not even be true. Could be, but we don't know yet. Yeah. Right? Doxing, I get. Yeah. Like hard proof right there. Yeah, and it's it. on video. It's like, on yeah, video. It's, she live yeah. streamed it. And get, even admitted it. Admit, yeah. yeah, guilty. Yeah. I get it. But mm -hmm. like an accusation from a decade ago. Right. That's a tough one. Right. But Especially with somebody famous where somebody could just be trying to get money from him. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe, maybe you know, not like he could be completely guilty, right. but like, uh, you know, those types of right. things. But I, yeah, that is true though. Like, you know, when we create our accounts, we do, you know, agree to their terms and you know, all that stuff. So, you know, we are, you know, it's their, it's their, it's their pool. We're swimming in it. But Okay. And this is, this is an extreme example. This is an extreme example, but I'm just putting it out there because there, there's no definition. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm using this as an example. Those of us who are a little bit older, think back. Was there ever a time in your life where maybe you got in a bar fight? Maybe you did something you shouldn't have done when you were 15 years old. Again, that's extreme. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, as influencers, as people who are putting their content out there, man, when those targets hit you and people start digging up your past, right. mm -hmm. like you never know what they're going to dig up. Right. Like, oh, wow, you got in a bar fight when you were 19. Right. Somebody at YouTube's going to go, yeah, we don't have a problem with that. Or, oh, wow, you put him in the hospital, you're out of here. Right. Monetization. That's extreme. That didn't happen. But where's the line? Hmm. That's my question. Where's, where's the line? Because nothing's defined. The next question is from Motive Music Studios. Is there something that you wish you would have done different in your first three years of your YouTube journey? Um, yeah. So... I wish that when I first started the channel that I had just a better understanding, right? Because, you know, my journey kind of, you know, went like this um, until, you know, I got clarity. Uh, so I wish that when I first started the channel that I approached it from the lens of like, I'm, I'm, I'm targeting a very specific audience, you know, with this particular, you know, type of content, um, instead of making, you know, kind of random content that was just relevant to what I was going through at the time. Uh, so I think, you know, that would have been, you know, one, uh, I wish that I would have launched a course a long time ago. Like I've kind of taken pride in the fact that I haven't, and I'm like the only YouTube channel that does not have, you know, a course to sell people. Um, but on the other <laughs> side, like I've missed out, you know, quite, you know, from a financial standpoint, 
standpoint, like I've taken quite a big hit on the money that could have been generated from a course that could have, you know, helped out, you know, myself could have helped out, you know, D it could have helped out, you know, uh, family members could have helped out my, you know, girlfriend, whatever it just, it would, it would have, you know, added to the cool future that we're trying to build. Right. So, um, so because of that, I wish that, you know, I would have, uh, you know, done that as well, because then with every video that I published over, you know, the, for the last nine years, there would have been, you know, something in there, or even for the past five, there would have been something in there that would have, you know, done that. So because of that, I'm in there, you know, working on that every day now too. Um, and that's going to be coming out. Uh, that's going to be coming out relatively soon. And Jer it really is. And it really is. Jer Jerry brings up an excellent <laughs> point. And I know we keep coming back to this, but I, I, I think it's worth discussing. Jerry says another issue. And I, Jerry, I'm 100% I'm on board here. He says another issue is that it seems that YouTube takes action. I want to say only takes action. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add only there. Yep. Only takes action after public pressure. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it can easily be weaponized. Yep. That's it right there. Yeah. That's it. That happened with, with Sniper Wolf mm -hmm. and that happened with Russell Brand. Yeah. They didn't care until public pressure popped up. Right. That's how it always is. That's right. That's the whole cancel culture thing. Yeah. Brian G says, remember you talking about uh, the course. Yeah, I actually made it. Um, I actually, I actually have a course, um, but I just, I have to go through and like redo all the branding and stuff. And I just started from scratch instead of doing that. Um, just, you know, to update everything and, and all that good stuff. Somebody said in here and I, it, I lost the chat. It says they're glad that they grew up in an age without the internet and like, Oh man, I'm telling you cameras. what, yeah, me too. Whoo. Poor you ain't kidding. Yeah. <laughs> me and me and my shadows says, what am I doing wrong? My niche is family fun and theme park. Um, still have 56 subs and a few viewers. Um, so the very first thing, like when it comes to YouTube and trying to identify what it is that you're doing wrong is just going into, you know, your videos and seeing how people are responding to what it is that you're doing, because, you know, like you could be uploading videos, but how are people actually regarding or how are people actually responding to what it is that you're doing? That's why YouTube gives us all the information that they give us so that we can look at that information and then we can make decisions based on that information. So for example, if you go into your click through rate and you're like, Hey, YouTube's giving me impressions, but no nobody's clicking on my videos, then it comes down to you not being able not being able to get people to click on what it is that you're doing, right? Which is like the the first thing that's gonna, you know, stop people from being able to enjoy your content. And then from there, you know, once you get that problem fixed, then as people start to come into your videos, then in that particular case, if your videos still aren't doing well, then one, your click-through rate could need to be better. Um, or as people are coming into your videos, because they give us our audience retention reports to where we can say, this is how people are responding to my video second by second. That's great information because it helps me be able to make choices in the future. and, and and, you know, alter things as I need to, but then I can also select a drop down that shows me how competitive is it, how competitive my content is, because it shows me how my videos compare to other videos of similar length on the platform. So then you can start identifying, okay, am I below average or above average, or am I hitting average when it comes to the videos that I publish? And then you get information that you can take away from that. And if you find that you're below average, and that means like you got to start working on, okay, how do I make better videos? And you got to start, you know, going through that learning process of learning how to, you know, make your video videos, you know, look better, or at least re removing distraction, right? Your videos don't have to look great. They just have to be to a point to where when people are enjoying them, they're not distracted by things that take them away from the content that you're putting out. So for example uh, of this, if somebody comes into your video and your audio is horrible and they have a really tar hard 
time hearing you, then in that particular case, it's a distraction because they can't just come in and enjoy the content. But if your audio is solid and they come in, then in that particular case, they can enjoy the content without thinking about anything else. If they come into your content and everything is like real dark and they can't really see anything or your camera's real shaky if you're out vlogging around in the world or something like that, well, then in that particular case, you know, um, that's going to, you know, turn people away and it's going to be a distraction. So getting your content to the point, again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be to the point to where you don't have those distractions so somebody can actually come in and just enjoy the content. And then from there, you have like, you know, how you're structuring the videos and how you're structuring the stories and, you know, all the different stuff that you're doing there. But the idea is to use the information that YouTube gives us with our own content and use that to, to, to learn how people are responding and then being willing to tweak things from there. Because one of the big things that happen is people will upload videos to YouTube. And when they upload videos to YouTube, they just are like, hey, I'm just gonna upload this and you know, and YouTube should promote my video. But in reality, you have to remember that if you're uploading something for you, then in that particular case, that's fine, you can enjoy it. But if you're uploading content for other people to enjoy, then sometimes that requires you stepping out of your comfort zone and, 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 and having to change things and having to learn new skills in order to make sure that you can deliver content in a way that other people are going to enjoy it, right? So, but the first step though is understanding how people are currently enjoying it so you can see what you need to work on first. Um, so hopefully that uh, hopefully that helps. Do you have any additional thoughts on that, D? Uh, no, I was I was reading what Roberto said. Okay, what do you say? Uh, he's chiming in and says, I don't agree with the platform behavior being platform consequences unless you're convicted of a crime. Mm. That said, outright scammers didn't get monetized. Logan Paul, for example. Mm. Yeah, it's selective. Like, right. um, yeah. Um, let's see here. While changing content, um, is it necessary to private other videos? I'm not sure what you mean by changing content. If you mean by pivoting the channel, then in that case, it's not necessary to private the other videos, but it is good practice to think about, okay, if I'm going to be publishing this content on the channel and the people that are going to be coming into this new content, my old content has nothing to do with anything that they're going to be interested in, then in that particular case, it would make sense to just start a new channel. Um, or you could private those videos and you know keep moving forward with the current channel. Super Thumbnails or titles, which is number one and why? Um, I wouldn't say there's number one. Your packaging is the thing, right? So basically when it comes to um, your packaging, you have your topic of the video itself because that also uh, uh, will impact people if they're gonna click on it or not. So uh, your the topic of the video is important, the timing of that video when you put it out. So let's say for example, you have a video that you put out about something that was made you know, 10 years ago that not many people are using now. Well, in that particular case, you know, the interest in that is gonna be lower. So because of that, you know, the timing's important. Next, um, you know, when it comes to your, you know, the actual thumbnails themselves, those are going to be the things that grab people's attention. It's the biggest thing. So, you know, when you're sitting there and you're going through your mobile feed, those are the first things you see in those images are the things that grab you your attention and cause you to read the title. Um, and then from there, you know, your title needs to be compelling or at least informative enough to get people to come into the actual video itself. So I wouldn't say one is more important than the other. Um, I would say that, you know, the packaging itself is super important because if you can't get people to click then nothing else can happen right so because of that you know your packaging from the outside is super important because if you don't get good at packaging up your video coming up with good topics um, that you're going to be talking about that's super important and then um, presenting those topics in a way from the outside to where it makes sense to people and helps them identify the content about something they care about like um, if you can't do that then you're going to have you know a hard time getting people into the videos to enjoy the awesome video that you made right yep i agree 
it's, it's packaging, man. Yeah. It's the topic. It's, it's everything working together. Right. Everything works together. Yeah. Works together as a team to win the click. That's right. Yep. So now, uh, I, I, I will put a caveat there. Mm-hmm. Once a channel reaches a certain size, it seems like titles don't matter that much. Like, yeah. you, like, like when you get, when you, once you get channels like into the millions, you can just, you know, have titles that just say like, oops, you know, 14 million views. If it has, <laughs> if it has I mean? somebody like recognizable on well, it or, I mean. you know, something that's like that. I mean. yeah. At a certain size, like yeah. Mr. Beast could put out a video tomorrow that has no title, a but dot, he dot, would, dot, dot. but he would be smart enough to do something interesting in the thumbnail that sure. would, yeah, stop people on it. Sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah throwing, PewDiePie has done that in the past. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing out when, when a channel gets to a certain size. I think it matters less. Jordan, um, um, as Mussen, I apologize if I'm saying that um, incorrectly, says when releasing multiple videos, long form and a couple of shorts um, a day, does it make much difference whether you publish at the same time versus staggering them throughout the day? I would stagger them throughout the day. Also remember that YouTube um, only sends out three notifications per day. So just keep that in mind um, in terms of notifications you know, going out. But, um, but yeah, so staggering them out and thinking about the time zones. So for example, if you're trying to reach a very specific demographic, um, like for me, like I'll publish my videos in the morning over on the evening. East Coast so that, you know, because I'm, I'm targeting, you know, the U.S. initially and then it will go out from there. So because of that, you know, I publish early morning on the East Coast and then that allows me to ride the wave, so to speak, as people are waking up and, you know, all of that stuff, you know, across the, the rest of the, the country. And even here, when we do our live streams, same thing here, you know, we start at 9 a.m. Eastern to give people time to be like awake. But then since we live stream for three hours, it gives us time to kind of cross over, you know, a little bit um, as well. Yeah, you know, there's something else, too, in terms of just... Uh, but long-term, though, it doesn't matter. Go yeah, in, in terms of upload frequency in general, I would say that's something you're going to have to test out because, mm-hmm. you know, like, audience fatigue is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't want to watch so much content from... Sure, but from you also scene. have, like, new viewers, too. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, same, so because it. of that, yeah. Yeah, point was just test it out to see what works for yeah. you. Um, environmental coffee houses, if you get a copyright, um, but it's not a, str- a strike, strike and the creator allows you to use the material will that demonetize a video. If they are allowing you to use the material, they won't strike you. So, so, so yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. To be, to be clear. So there's a copyright claim and a copyright strike. Mm-hmm. A copyright claim is where the owner who is the claimant, they have put a claim on any ad revenue that's made off of that video. Mm-hmm. They strike means that it's coming offline. It's done. Like you, you can't use this. Okay. If you have permission and you get a claim, you can dispute that claim. There's a process to dispute that copyright claim within YouTube. Mm-hmm. That claim is then going to be sent back to the claimant. Now it's important to understand that inside of YouTube's content ID uh, for a lot of you know, large libraries, they do what's called, it's like digital fingerprinting. So all of these songs are put into their content ID system, all these fingerprints. So even though you've been given permission, it could still identify your song as being used, issue a claim, you have to dispute that, and then it gets sent back to the claimant, the owner, the owner thinks, oh, okay, I give them permission and they can remove that claim. 
kind of a silly process, but that's how it works. Yarn Geek says, what is your best advice for answering comments, especially when there are so many, but not enough hours in the day to answer them all? Great question. And this is something that content creators deal with. Like there's going to become a threshold for everybody here. Oops, I just Um, took that off screen. You want to put that back on there? Yeah, there's, there's going to be a threshold where, you know, you're going to hit a point to where you're going to realize like, man, I'm spending like tons of time answering comments. So because of that, YouTube does have the heart feature. You know, they built it for that reason so that you can go in and give hearts to like the shorter comments. So somebody's like, great video, heart, right? If somebody gives you like a long, you know, paragraph or an actual paragraph or maybe a couple sentences, then that particular case, you know, giving them an actual response or if they're asking a question or saying something about the video, giving them, you know, an actual response, you know, would be a priority in that case. So just kind of prioritizing based on, you know, the comment itself can be helpful in addition to that. One thing that content creators also do is they will only answer comments for a certain time after they've published a video. So instead of going in answering every comment that comes in on every single video, uh, what they'll do is they'll publish a video and then for the next hour or two, then they'll go in and they'll just answer comments on that video. And then by doing that, that allows you to make sure that you're that you're you know protecting your own time and that you are interacting with your community at that moment in time and for the people that are coming in on the video and that you know that that do come in on the, you know, the early birds so to speak then those are the people um that that are going to get the responses from you so um so hopefully that helps so uh la Villas, i mean i apologize if i didn't get the name right pictures says can you dispute a copyright claim for fair use you can try you can try. So when you dispute a copyright claim, there is an option there to select that it's fair use, and that's going to go back to the claimant. And then they can say, oh, yeah, that's fair use, or they can deny that. The thing with fair use is this. YouTube itself cannot determine what is fair use. They can't do that. If you want to battle fair use, that's something that you're going to have to do in a court of law. But you can try. They do give you the option to say, this is fair use. That's sent back to the claimant, the the, the owner of that, and then they can look at it and say yes or no. Yep. So that's, that's, and if they say no, then I believe you end up with a strike on that one. Yep. Yeah. I believe if you get that rejected, I think it comes back as a strike. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. And really quick for D's, uh, uh, you know, information on the copyright stuff, let's get, you know, if you're on a mobile device, make sure you're tapping on that heart a little bit uh, there too. If you're on a computer, make sure you hit the like button um, or you can hit the heart, you know, your call. But um, Life Tumbled says, uh, we just had a video go uh, 10 times better. What should we do to keep the momentum going? Study that video. People responded to that video bet 10 times better than all the other content that you have on your channel you that topically that resonated with people um it tells you that something about that particular video in terms of how you packaged it resonated with people it tells you that when people are going into the video that they were having a satisfactory enough experience that youtube is showing it to 10 times more people than the other videos that you published um so so go in and study the heck out of your video and try to try to uncover how that video was different so one thing that you can do is inside of your youtube analytics you can hit a compare option so if you go into the advanced mode pick your good video and then click into analytics for that video and then click on advanced mode up in the top right hand side of the screen if you're on a computer and then you have the option in that same spot pretty much where the compare or where the advanced mode is just a little bit lower you have the option to compare to other videos so if you click on that then you can select one of your you know poor performing video videos or one at a time compared to each one of them and start looking for like okay do people click on this one more compared to the impressions do people watch this one for a longer period of time you know that kind of thing just so you can start getting an idea of how people responded to that one differently compared to the other one and then also go into your traffic sources and start looking to see where people came from so you know for example 
the video that did 10 times better. That video might have done better in recommendations, but it also might have been picked up somewhere and you know somebody posted it on a website somewhere and that ended up driving traffic there. Um, or it could be that that particular video ended up showing up in YouTube search and then people were looking for things around that video and that video was one of the search results and people came in that way. Um, it could also be that somebody shared it in a community tab or you know something like that. There's all kinds of different things that can happen. So when you go into your traffic sources report, um, then it'll tell you, you know, where the traffic has come from from that video. And that'll also give you some more insights on, you know, what could have possibly happened with that video. But the idea I'm trying to express is that you want to identify what happened to that video. Like, why did that video do better? And then from there, that gives you ammo in terms of, you know, things that you can do to try to replicate it. So if it's like the structure of the video, if it's the topic of the video, then making sure you follow it up with something that would be topically of interest to the people that were interacting with that video. Also trying to make sure that those people that interacted with that video might be able to visually identify that the next video has something to do with that video. Those types of things are, are things that you can consider once you know, uh, you know, why that particular video did better than the other videos. Uh, two things here. One, Daniel chimed in. Uh, says you can counterclaim if you believe the copyright claim against you is abuse of the system. You just need to be ready to take it through the legal system. Yeah, that's true. Devin Stone covers this often. And mm -hmm. Beaver Zero says something interesting. Listen, I've never seen this. Uh, email me a copy of this if you have it. I've never seen it. And YouTube themselves has said that they don't determine fair use. Beaver Zero says that's not entirely true. YouTube will buck claims that are blatantly fair use, you get an email saying that they think it's fair use, so they deny the strike. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Yeah, if you have one of those emails, Yeah, that would come like me. after you dispute it. Yeah, after um, the dispute. Yeah, if it's something like, if it's something obvious, then in that particular case, they might do it, but in terms of them just automatically shutting that off, unless I, I'm misunderstanding the, the yeah, thing. Yeah, unless I'm misunderstanding it, I've, I've never seen that. YouTube themselves will say that they don't determine fair mm -hmm. use. So if you have an email, uh, please email it to me. My name is Gmail. Thomas Mathis says, I made three videos that did over 10K views in a row, but only 100 subscribers. What should I be doing different? Um, so people are getting value from the content, but they are not, you know, subscribing to the channel. So because of that, I mean, they're still subscribing, right? Like people are subscribing. So, you know, just amplifying everything to increase the subscribers, you know, if that's what you're trying to do would be the thing, but also make sure that you're reminding people to subscribe in your videos. You can do that graphically or verbally. Verbally seems to be more effective. Also making sure that you build in the benefit first and then, you know, uh, reminding them to subscribe. That's also more effective. But when it comes to, uh, that, just make sure you are asking them somewhere in the video. You don't have to make a production out of it. You don't have to interrupt their experience, but just try to find it just try to find a place somewhere in the video for the people that are engaged in it to where you can just nudge them or remind them to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's effective. Um, in addition to that, you've had the videos go over uh, 10,000. Make sure that your channel page is also set up properly so when people go there, they can easily find content broken down into sections. Um, also make sure you're publishing consistently because the people, you know, for the people that are like really, you know, protective of the channels they subscribe to, if they go to your channel and they see that you're not publishing that often and that particular case, there's no real reason for them to subscribe because they can't count on you for content. Um, in addition to that, you know, if you have a bunch of content in your channel that isn't relevant to them based on uh, you not being niche specific and your new videos are, then in that particular case, you know, that can also cause that. But basically just look at what it is that you're doing and be and, and think to yourself, okay, how can I express the value that we have for this channel? Most of us will do that through designing a value proposition for our channel to where we essentially say, this is what we do on this channel. 
And by doing that, um, it helps you add clarity to what it is that you're doing for yourself. And it also makes it clear to everybody else when they're interacting with your channel in whatever ways, what it is that, that you offer, which can then you know help people to decide if they want to subscribe or not. I, I think I understand. So they, they wrote again, it says, we get an email showing YouTube denied the copyright strike when the targets of our reaction videos strikes us because they get their feelings hurt. I think YouTube is determining that it is, uh, it's abuse of the system. I think that might be how they're reacting on that. But yeah, uh, send that, send an email over if you can get one. But I think that's what's happening there. Her Hill Review says, why does it seem like I only get a lot of views on reviews and recaps of more ridiculously bad movies? That's what people respond to. So, you know, one thing you got to think about is like, you know, if you're publishing content and you notice people are responding to a certain thing that you're doing, best practice there is to give them more of that. You know, a great example of this is, you know, when I first started my channel, you know, I ended up going and working on another channel and came back to my channel. And even at that time, I had no intention of becoming like a YouTube help channel. Um, what happened is I made a video about SEO. People were like, hey, this is great because I was really good at making videos in YouTube search. And then people are like, oh, this is great. Could you make it? Could you make more videos like this? And I'm like, okay. And then I made another one and the people are like this is great can you make more like this yep and then i just kept doing that um so when it comes to you know some content you know doing better or just the audience that are interacting with that content being like hey this is great can you give us more of this um you know follow that the algorithm follows the audience and as long as it's in alignment with what it is that you want to do you know you should do the same yeah that's the crazy thing about social media in general it doesn't matter where you're uploading videos like sometimes you just it, it, you never know what's going to connect with your audience, right? You just never know. It so could, it's important to always have an experiment running too. always have an experiment. Right. Like it, and it could be that it could be the video that you put the least amount of work and preparation into that. Mm -hmm. Just, you just home run with that video. Whereas the video that you put the most time and effort and research and, and, and love into just bombed. It, it's just weird. Like you never know what's you know what people are going to react to right and you never know where you know especially if you're i think at these top levels you know you get a better understanding you know there's more data to work with and that sort of thing but all of us like you like just me for example i'm sure you're in the same boat it's like when you're making a video and you look at your audience retention and you see like these dips and you're just like man what did i do there like you can't think through in advance i'm going to say this thing or i'm going to show this thing and it's going to cause people to lose interest it's hard to predict that stuff it is and, unless you notice the patterns over unless time. you notice the patterns. that's where you know like noticing like little tiny details about like oh yeah well, i had an intro in here clearly people are leaving There's or noticing things, like yeah. hey i'm not doing anything in my videos to to like re-engage people or like me because just the way i communicate i steamroll so basically like i come in everything's just like super like snappy and all that because i'm trying to get people the information like quickly but what i should do more of i'm um, in my audience retention report to reflect this what i should do more of is have you know every so often to where i kind of slow down a little bit um, you know, maybe I do something a little bit different to, you know, distract them some type of, you know, better pattern interrupt and then get back on that horse. Right. So those types of things where you're causing that tension, just like in music, um, in the videos, you know, um, can also be helpful, but, um, but you know, sometimes like we know stuff that we got to do too, but, uh, but we don't, you know, we don't always do it either. Yeah. So, test, um, always test. Yep. Always test always and be testing. experimenting too. Yep. So me and my shadow says, how do you use X and Pinterest to gain followers and subs? So, um, when it comes to that, I use both of those more as like 
like awareness thing. So um, when it comes to X, I actually use that particular one more. Like like this live stream, for example, I didn't share this live stream out there, which I should, um, but I use that more to just engage with people. So it's like, hey, I'm there to you know interact not just with people who watch my videos, but just other content creators. So you know, I follow you know other you know YouTube help people over there. I follow like all of the YouTube staff that have public, uh, you know that have you know they're that are putting themselves out there publicly. Um, you know, I follow you know different news resources around YouTube stuff like that. Um, and by doing that, it helps me stay in touch with what's going on. It helps me keep a pulse on what's happening in the community. And it also gives me, you know, insights on stuff. Sometimes I'll hit somebody's Twitter thread or whatever, and I'll be like, huh, that's interesting. Never, never thought about that or never tried that or never, you know, experimented with that or whatever. And, and, you know, you can just gain a lot of insights that way as well. So, you know, everything isn't always, and I know this sounds crazy, but, you know, everything isn't always about just like, hey, how can I use this to get more, you know, like views and subscribers? Um, it's also about like, hey, how can I, you know, arm myself with more information about the community so I can serve them better? How can I, you know, um, use this as a networking tool so I can start up conversations with other content creators that might be hard to reach otherwise if I was just to send them an email through their About Me page where I can just directly engage with them, you know, right there, uh, you know, on Twitter. Um, those types of things is, is how I use Twitter. And then when it comes to Pinterest, um, I'll post content over to Pinterest, um, but that content, usually I'll, I'll post my vertical content over there, but I will also uh, post content over there and I will have a searched targeted title. And sometimes those posts also come up in YouTube search. So then what that can do is that can put you in a position as long as your content type supports it, um, that can put you in a position to where, you know, you have a YouTube video that you have targeted for search and that can show up in YouTube search and it can show up in Google search and it can show up in Bing and Yahoo and any place else that shows video results. Um, and in addition to that, you can also have your Pinterest post of that same exact video that can show up as well. So it basically gives you the opportunity to increase the places or the amount of links that you have on those pages. Um, and sometimes you'll just have the Pinterest show up, but you know, your other stuff won't, uh, when it comes to the, you know, like Google and stuff. So because of that, um, it's just one more, you know, thing that you can leverage to, to, to bring, you know, people into what it is that you're doing. Um, when it comes to X, what's, what's your thoughts on, on XD and how you use that as a, as a content creator? Yeah. So let me put this out there and, and we, man, we were, we talking, we were just having this conversation a couple of days ago and I don't remember who we had the conversation with. There is an account on X right now. For those of you who don't know, X, uh, is Twitter what, is Twitter. Elon Musk rebranded it as X. So Elon made the algorithm there open source so people can read it. And obviously people have been tearing through it. And one of the accounts that have been tearing through the algorithm, uh, algorithm over there, his account name is NFT God. He's noticed some really interesting things and he highlights the code. Who do we have this conversation with? You were having it with me. Yeah, but you we, were telling me about it. There's somebody else. Uh, so he highlights the code and shows where these things happen. So if you're trying to grow your account over on X currently, and I no, don't, no, they're saying like, how do you use it to get more basically views and subscribers oh, on YouTube? I was going to tell you how not to get shadow banned. We'll oh. save that for another time. Mm -hmm. I'll make a video about that. Uh, Interesting. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I don't really use X for subscribers or for anything. Like Same that. boat with me. It's more of like a community thing and staying yeah. up on stuff. And yeah, I just yeah, I just use it for community building, community building, sharing things out, trying to get a couple more views on something. Uh, you know, it's. It's helpful, it, but I notice X is one of those things, or Twitter is one of those things where if you don't use it a lot, it definitely restricts your reach. It's kind of like YouTube, right? You don't upload for a while, everything mm -hmm. kind of like goes down a little bit. Yep. It, X is the same way. My C Prince says, um, 
uh, Nick, to do with layout of playlists, I filmed a couple of long videos about wind turbine repair, wind turbine repair, but also shorter 10 minute videos on each aspect. Um, should I put them, how should I put them in a playlist? So you can have your longer videos in there, but basically taking those 10 minute videos and putting those into a playlist based on the order that somebody would watch them in, as long as they're all directly re re relevant to each other, um, is what you would want to do in that particular case. Make sure that if your entire channel is about wind turbines, then make sure that you are, you know, um, taking that playlist and you're adding it as a section to your channel page as well. So that, you know, people that come in on the turbine content, if they don't enter through a playlist, that once they hit your channel page, that they can, you know, see that playlist there. And also make sure that you have a link to that playlist and a pinned comment of all of the videos that are in that playlist. And make sure that you also have a description link and all of your videos that are in that playlist as well, um, so that you can drive people into that playlist um, in addition to them interacting with the video content itself. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I'm not going to make a video about it, but just two, two things really quick. If you're trying to grow your X account, before you reply and you don't realize who you're replying to, click and look at their profile really quickly and look at their follow to follower ratio. If they have, if they're following more people, then wait, if, if they're following more people than are following them currently in the X algorithm, they can de-boost you for in, engaging with those accounts. They call them low quality accounts. Additionally, if you have the see more replies text that shows up, if you have to expand that to see more replies, if you engage with any accounts beyond that, they'll de-boost de you as well, hmm. your reach. Currently. Yeah, stuff like that, like it it's doesn't ridiculous. even make sense. It's ridiculous. Yeah like, I, yeah, like I wouldn't even try to grow a Twitter account based on that alone. Cause that's stupid. Like those, are, those well, are just it, stupid things. So like if, you really know, stupid. like if I would get penalized for like reading a Seymour, then like I wouldn't, you know, like I would never attempt to grow a Twitter account just based on that. Yeah. 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 It's stupid. Oh, it's really dumb. Yeah. yeah they're, they're the support team over there is catching fire like crazy over mm. this stuff. Yeah. Good. They yeah, should. It's, cra it's crazy. So uh, Miss Christian says, how can I change my niche without starting a new channel? I was recognized by the prepping uh, community, but I'd rather be more for a comfort niche with home-based meals, dinner table talks, and slow living. So just don't make content um, that is targeting preppers if you don't want you know them interacting with what it is that you're doing. Um, but keep in mind, there might be some crossover. You know, if you are talking about um, well, actually, no, if you're talking about home cooked meals and stuff like that, then, you know, maybe you'll have some of them come in there, but, um, as long as you're not making content, you know, targeting them, then, you know, there'll be some people that'll pass through, but they won't become like your core community. Right? So when you're publishing videos to YouTube, that's something that's really important to think about is you're going to have your core community of people. Um, and then you're also going to have people that are just checking out a video here and there, and then they kind of move on and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes those people might be people that aren't the ideal fit for your channel. It'll stand out just based on what it is that they say. Um, and you know, in that particular case, if they're those people, then just think if you're starting to get a bunch of them, then start thinking like, okay, if I, if I don't want them as my audience, then what content do I need to not make from this point forward in order to make sure that they don't, you know, become a core part of my, uh, a core part of my audience. Yeah. I put that back up for a second. Put that question back up. I did. So you were recognized by the prepping community. Mm -hmm. I would bet that there's going to be a lot of crossover. Like if you're doing home cooked meals, dinner table talks, slow living, I bet there's gonna be a lot of crossover. With slow them. living would probably be the bigger crossover, I would say. Yeah, because yeah. home cooked meals, I mean, everybody eats, you know, so. But but like uh, the slow living stuff, yeah, it's not, yeah probably. Not, not just like a recipe, but it's right, everything right. combined, right? You're right. doing the home cooked meals, the dinner table talks, and the slow living combined. Mm -hmm. I, I bet there's gonna be a lot of crossover there. Yep. 
So uh, playing the mom game, thanks for the super chat. Says just hit a thousand subs and have to credit you guys for all your help during these live streams. Super helpful. Thank you. Such a great resource for us newbies. High five and fist bump to you for crossing your first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. You want to see something crazy? Go to Google search right now and type in um, a thousand people and then just see the images that pop up there. And for whatever your subscriber count is, you know, if you go there and you're like, hey, what's 10,000, you know, people look like and stuff like that. It's just a really interesting perspective to, to be like, man, I've had this many people that not only watch the videos, but they enjoyed them enough that they're going to, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel for it. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, uh, like at certain thresholds, you start getting to the point to where it's like, wow, I've had more people watch my videos than fit into like the stadium in my local city, like the biggest stadium in my local city and things like that. So it's pretty cool. So, um, you know, looking for those types of things is always just kind of inspirational, right? Cause you're like, wow, a thousand people. That's like a lot of, you know, a lot of people. So it's pretty cool. Super chat. Super chat uh, so Beaver Zero says, what's your email D? I just dropped it in the chat. It's it's nimmond at gmail.com. Yeah, please forward that over, man. I appreciate it. I, I don't have that set up to read it here, but I do want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I drive. Thank you for the super sticker. Super, uh, super appreciated there. I got a sound for that. Derailed. Oh, wrong one. I blew it. Nope, wrong one. Get super it? sticker. <laughs> I hit so, two wrong ones before. I nice. <laughs> so that's another that's another thing. It's a bonus with the, with the new roadcaster. Can you put icons on it? No, no. Like you can write out. This is what it is. Uh, so like for example, you have like a like as part of the display, you'll see like it'll uh, see it right here. Yeah, like, like it'll be like thanks. Um, it'll be like, so uh, like you know, like deck. yeah, so you can put the text yeah, where you can actually see like what it is. Yeah, it, it does it based on the file. You might be able to rename them, um, but yeah, it's, it it just gives you that visual. And then as you're tapping through the different pages, then you can see you know everything you need to see it's pretty cool um, if you could choose one metric for your channel which would you consider as your mvp analytic to guide future content um your your audience retention reports because you know as a content yeah. creator you have to be able to make good videos you also have to be able to get people to click but you know like when it comes to the thing that's most important on youtube i mean yes they got to click to come in and watch the video but but in terms of telling YouTube that it's a satisfactory experience for people, the whole thing is important, but you know, that video content is, is the thing because your video content, if you can get people into it, um, is going to be the thing where people will, you know, will really like in your case, right? Cause you're making music. That's where people like really get into what it is that you're doing. And they'll start being like, man, I gotta, I gotta listen to that when I'm working in the background, or I gotta listen to that when I'm chilling, or I gotta listen to that when I'm, you know, giving or getting a massage. I gotta listen to that when I'm, you know, trying to concentrate or when I'm meditating or, you know, whatever reason it is that they're listening. Um, they got to get into the, to the, they got to enjoy the music in order for that. Um, so one thing that you could do as a music channel, if you chose to is, you know, you could also use your audience retention reports as a way to identify the areas in your music that need work also, because, you know, if you have enough people going through, then you can start looking at it and saying like, okay, well, it looks like when we have like drops that happen, you know, kind of like this, that people tune out, or if we have sounds that, you know, that come in and start playing and it causes people to tune out that way, then you can start using that as information, just like we do in regular video content, um, where you start looking for problem areas and what it is that you're producing. Um, so you can, you know, do that sort of thing too. But I would say, you know, I'd say retention is, is definitely, you know, a big one because, you know, like if you can, if you can get people to click at just a, at just baseline competitive, but you can get them to watch at a high competitive, then that video is going to, that video is going to end up, you know, doing, doing well over time. Yeah, I was. I would also say audience retention, but I, I also add because you're a music channel. I think music is tough because it is. 
because that's not just about watching the video mm -hmm. they're like you you're you're getting a vibe yeah it's like, got to be fitting for like what you're looking for and what yeah. you're thinking about for the situation that you're in like hey i want to listen to this while i'm like you know working eh, i don't know this is a little bit like too much for me right now I'm, i got this like chill vibe that i'm trying to create and it yeah. just might not match yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think music's a little bit tough with that yeah um, let's see here. So next up on that, the cause, list, because that's not, also not just about like, oh, I hate this guy's face, mm. or oh, your your mic is too whatever, or I don't like the cadence of your speech, or you say um too much, or right. whatever it is, you're pausing too long, you got too many flashes. Like it's like, man, like they just don't like your song, right. or it just doesn't fit the vibe that they're looking at it, right. or they're looking for. Yeah, music's tough, man. Two hey. buddy in the house. What is going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Says buddy. says I look at my analytics and it tells me uh, simply to go watch a Nick Nimmin video. Love it. That's what they should do. All right, listen up. What's going on, Stanley? Man, hope you're doing fantastic. So really quick, I just want to take a moment and just uh, highlight Stanley and just say that he's crushing it for the Two Buddy uh, social team over there. And um, you know, for us that also watch Two Buddy content and interact with with Two Buddy all over the internet, um, what you're doing is super appreciated, man. So uh, so absolutely love it and thank you for coming into the stream today. Stan Family, uh, we need to have a talk. If you look around here, you're going to see that we're too buddied out. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, too buddy deep. We're, <laughs> we're rolling deep with yep. the two buddy too stuff buddy around here. Yeah, we, we need got, Viper in here. We got, that. we got the two buddy stuff on the front. We got a little two buddy thing back here underneath mm -hmm. the TV. Uh, what we're missing? Uh, I've got a two buddy cup at home, but I just one. But I yeah. don't. Yeah. But I I don't. Yeah. So you I'm mentioned a two buddy cup is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to get very specific here. Okay. I don't want a black one because it's going to blend in. Okay. Okay. I don't want a black one. All right. It should be either white. Okay. Or it should be gray. Okay. So it's not too much. Like if it's yellow, then it's going to stand out too much and it's not good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm perfectly so, fine with having two different types of beverages. Here well, actually, we had mentioned about me bringing over all the cups that I have because yeah. I've got like a big stack of cups. I've yeah. got Doug's Value First Cup. I've How? got stuff from StreamYard. I've got stuff from TubeBuddy. I've got stuff from LiveU. I've got like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we can just line the whole top of it over there and How? give us more stuff that we can hide back here. <laughs> or stuff to <laughs> shoot the, at. Stuff to the, shoot at. Yeah, stuff to throw things into. We could have like a ping like pong, pong game that we play. Yeah. Pong on the, on the, yeah, yeah, put little numbers on it where people win stuff like you know based on the uh based on the cup that'd be fun do you have a white two buddy cup? i do yep okay stanley you see yep. how we just worked that out yeah we just worked it out man you don't even have to do anything we got it covered yeah it was great all right got now, it great. Here, now here's what we don't have we yep. don't have coasters oh there we go we don't have two buddy coasters here to put the two buddy cup that yep. Nick is going to bring, he's going to forget the cup. I Wait will see. He'll forget the yeah, cup. I've, I've, been, I've been forgetting stuff. I've been meaning to bring puddles over here as well. I've got I've got a, a streamyard stuffed animal that I've been meaning to bring over here. But uh, we have we got the cup though. We have the mallard and we got a shirt. Known. I don't know if that helps. We have the mallard. We also have here the Wakefield. Yes, the Wakefield. We mm -hmm. do not have the buddy. Yep. Not yet. Not yet. So you know. uh, really quick, Miss Christian. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat says, um, thanks so much for the feedback. I didn't want a doomsday niche, but uh, more simple living for the everyday person. My comments were getting too emotional. Yeah. So basically just looking, if you're trying to avoid that, just looking at the comment that is attracting, you know, the audience that you're not looking to build um, and just, you know, kind of not doing much of that, you know, into the future. Um, let's see here. So we are on this. Hello. And I'm just looking for questions. Okay, growing community. I have, oh, hold on, we have one more. Um, AB Cami says, uh, Doug, I only, oh, okay, that one wasn't for me. Um, so we've got, uh, will YouTube feature my videos if I read, my older videos if I redo my thumbnails? Great question. So if people respond 
differently to your new videos. Like for example, if you change your thumbnail and you change your title, it's going to cause people to respond to those things differently. If they respond better, then it will be beneficial for the video. If they respond poorly, then it will actually hurt the video. Um, so, you know, basically what happens is we, we, one, have to grab people's attention, all that stuff, but we also create an expectation with our packaging as well. So because of that, you know, one, you could be grabbing more attention, but you could create, be, you could be creating a different expectation, which then causes people to leave the video quicker. Um, in other cases, you could create an expectation that is in perfect alignment with the video and it causes people to watch the video for a longer period of time and respond to the video better overall um, when, it terms, when it comes to people clicking on it. So yeah, so when it comes to updating your thumbnails and titles, um, it can definitely cause a difference, but that difference is not always positive. Kev goes, what's going on Kev, says, um, growing community, I have 476 subs. What advice do you have um, for start growing a community within the YouTube platform? So the very first thing when it comes to growing a community on YouTube is first just getting clear on who it is that you want your community to be. So when you know who it is that you're targeting, like for me, you know, I'm trying to serve content creators on YouTube, specifically people that are coming in and new, but I also put out some content that's relevant to people that are more experienced as well, like the AI stuff, like any content creator can enjoy that, right? But the idea is to be very specific on who it is that you're trying to reach so that you can make sure that you are growing a community around those people. Um, in addition to that, as soon as you know who it is that you're trying to reach, then every video that you're gonna be publishing to the channel, you can run it through the filter of, is this relevant to those people that I'm trying to reach? Is this something they would actually care about, yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then it's a good fit for your channel because the whole idea is you want people to be able to watch one video on your channel and then go click on your channel page on your videos tab and then be like, oh, I want to watch this one too. And then they watch that one and then be like, oh, that was good. Let me watch another one. And then they watch that one, right? Because it's all relevant to a certain type of viewer. So because of that, just make sure you're being you know, very clear on who it is that you're trying to target with your content. And then just every video that you publish, make sure you're serving that crowd you know, over time. Um, in addition to that, if you're trying to grow a community, obviously it's helpful to get more views and subscribers or more views on your videos so that based on scale that you can you know convert more of those people into your community so because of that also being you know uh, very mindful of how people are responding to your videos start learning how to use your youtube analytics so you can start getting an idea of how people respond to what it is that you're doing so you can start patching up holes as you see them um, and then of course trying to introduce something that is you know new to the space that you are operating in or fresh or a different perspective into the space that you're operating in so that you give yourself the opportunity to stand out right because if, if everybody's making the same thing, then in that particular case, it's really easy for everybody to blend together and not really be attached to anybody. But when you are doing something that stands out, then, you know, those are the types of things that cause people to like notice you and to be like, oh, wow, this is something different. And it causes them to take note. Um, in addition to that, things like, you know, sharing opinions and, you know, you hear me indeed on that, you know, during these live streams and stuff, but, uh, you know, sharing opinions about things so people can start to resonate with you that way as well to where, you know, if you're sharing an opinion about something, you're going to have some people that are going to agree with that opinion um, and they're probably going to argue in your comments with you about it and then you're going to have some people that are also going to align with you know the way that you think and then you're going to start creating that situation where it's like oh yeah i'm going to start watching this person because this person's a lot like me in terms of you know the way they view the world or what it is they stand for you know their opinions about you know certain things so that can also be something that's really um, helpful when it comes to uh, growing a community but at the very top of all of it though making sure that every video you publish is getting in front of you know that target viewer that you're wanting to grow a community around um, is 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 the you know is the is the most important thing and then everything else can be figured out later on but the very first thing is, is get in front of the right people so next up we've got 
Um, Captivating Cat says, I'm developing a website for people to find out more information about when I'm streaming and adding merch, etc. What things are a must for a streamer's website? So first, keep in mind that when you're making that website for people to stay up to date with what it is that you're doing, uh, those people are going to have to know your website and they're going to have to care enough to want to visit your website in order to check it out. So because of that, um, just as a heads up, um, build your website because it is something that you can use that can come up in search as long as you're, you know, um, optimizing um, your, you know, your, your content that you're adding to it and so on. Um, it's also a place where brands can go to find out more about you. You can add very detailed information and videos and stuff like that if you want to, to make it easy for people to find more of the other things that you're into. However, um, when it comes to notifying people that, you know, like, hey, I'm going live or notifying people about merch that you have or whatever it is, um, using your community feed for that, scheduling your live stream is good for that um, so that people you know, know in advance uh, based on YouTube recommending your video to them. Um, in addition to that, having your presence on other social media accounts so that you can say, post uh, on Twitter, hey, I'm getting ready to go live, come hang out. Uh, posting on Instagram, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going live here you know, in just a little bit, so make sure you come check me out, those types of things. Um, they already have built-in traffic and people are already interacting on those platforms, so if you leverage them, then in that case, it gives you that opportunity to pull people in that are already, you know, online. But when it comes to you doing all of that just on a website, you just have to make sure that you're thinking about like, okay, well, how am I going to get that website in front of people? Like I'm doing this so that I can get my videos and live streams in front of people, but that just creates one more thing that I have to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, trying to get people into so that, you know, they can, they can, you know, know that I'm going live. So you might be doing something different to where on that website, maybe you're driving people into like an email list where they can get notified that way and those sorts of things. However, um, you know, when it comes to the website itself though, it doesn't have any like real built-in traffic. So because of that, I would definitely make sure that you're also leveraging the other social media, you know, platforms. But in terms of things that are a must, um, so, you know, some information about you, um, um, if you offer any types of services, you know, that type of thing, if you're going to be doing partnerships, um, then you, you know, optionally can have a partnership page. Some people do that. Um, uh, you know, having a contact form where people can contact you for whatever reason, having links going to stores or other, you know, resources that you have for merch or anything else that you offer, those types of things are important. And then obviously having something to where people can find you across all of your social media accounts. That's also important. So you can use something like Tube Spanner for that. Um, as an example, they have a social bio tool to where it's designed for content creators. So you can embed videos and all kinds of stuff like that. But basically what you do there is, um, and since you have your own website, you can just save yourself the work and do it this way. But basically if you use Tube Spanner, then they give you the, the link tree essentially is what it is where you can embed videos and all that into it. And you can have links to all of your other social media accounts. But since you have a website, then you can create a redirect in your HD access file and you can actually send it to where when people hit a very specific thing. Like right now in my description, if you go to, uh, if you hit the link there, it's basically nicknimmon.com slash bio. If you click on that, it's going to take you to my page on tube spanner that has all of those social links. It's got a video there, you know, those types of things. So, um, uh, so, you know, you do have those types of services as well, but just having, if you want to build it, you can, but having those types of things to where you're, you know, just making it easy for people to find more of what it is that you're doing. It's a good question. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on uh, going, so we have Sun Sim. Sorry about that. Sim with Don says I have one video that has ten times the views of other very similar videos. Um, how do I figure out what's different about that one, or is it just an algorithm thing? So the algorithm responds to the audience, and what that means is that 
people are responding differently to the one video that's performing better than the video that's not. Um, it could just be based on the topic itself. It could just be, a, 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 you know, like that particular video could have went out to just a broader audience and be of interest to a larger group of people. Whereas if you're talking about something very specific, then everything starts getting a lot more narrow in terms of the people that that content is relevant to. So, you know, because of that, just keeping those types of things in mind as well is important, but also looking in and going in and looking and just comparing videos against each other because that option is available in your YouTube analytics. Um, comparing videos against each other and just seeing if you notice um, in the numbers how people responded differently that caused one to perform better than the other. Jay-Z helps. Thanks for the super chat, man. D's away right now, so he can't hit the button, <laughs> but thanks for the super chat. Says, since AI dubs both unique, um, uh, both our unique voice and lip movement, should I create a channel in another language? I have a big Spanish-speaking target market um, in the US. In your particular case, that would be something worth experimenting with, because if you are, um, if you are publishing videos on your main channel and you're trying to reach that spanish-speaking audience then making your content accessible for them is definitely something to consider so in your case because you're doing this for business purposes if you think that's going to generate the amount of leads that you're able to pull into what it is that you're doing then absolutely i would experiment with that and um and just see how it does give it like a you know six month trial um, or three month or whatever and see if you can start getting any traction see if it is actually generating leads and if it is then you know then keep it going but if not after you know three months or six months whatever you're willing to try uh then in that particular case if it is and keep it rolling if, it, if it's not producing for you then um then you know then kill the project yeah in your case because you're doing it for business lead generation that kind of stuff yeah i would i would definitely try that um let's see here looking for daniel batal yep not answering that one so uh let's see here we've got glad d was away as i as i went through that one so so, so we have oh, i'm not i'm not telling you because you weren't in here um let's see here another issue just looking for those cues free ranger says with nick not needing, needing to breathe he'd be a great digiter do player hey is that that thing that goes is that what that is d Okay, the big long one? Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. I should get one of those, actually. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah those are awesome. Absolutely love it. That'd go well with the hand pan, too. I could probably do the hand pan while being like... That'd create like a total, total like hippie vibe at my place. A whole, there's a whole breathing technique that goes uh, with the digger do. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Kathy, uh, fit in the house. What's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Always nice to uh, see you. All right, so Daniel... Here's what we got. Did I keep that on screen? Yep. What did I do? Yep. I didn't mean to keep that on yeah, screen. There, yep. So yeah, here's the thing. So, so uh, Mini Scene no, GB no, no, says, has anyone else right had now. subscribers telling them that they've been unsubscribed and no idea why? I'm getting people telling me that um, and resubscribing, and I wondered if it's a bug. So anytime you run across something like that that you think might be a bug, um, I recommend that you reach out to Team YouTube on Twitter because you know it's it's all based on you know computers and servers and all that stuff. So you know bugs do happen, um, and you know they love taking care of you know those bugs. So because of that, anytime you run into something where you think it might might be a bug then definitely reaching out to uh team youtube would be the would be the move there um let's see i'm gonna I'm, oh man let's just skip down to the uh to the bottom here uh, let me scroll up here just a tad 
Okay, is there a way to view uh, video analytics online from another channel um, or creator? Kind of. Uh, so yeah, sort of. A little bit. Yeah, sort of there is. Yeah, so like you can look at, um, like you can't see everything, but like you can, you know, look at like their subscriber growth over time, um, uh, video views over time on Social Blade. Um, you can look at, you know, views per hour in their videos using Tube Spanner. Um, you can, you know, look at those sorts of things, but you can't get into the nitty gritty. Like you can't see like, oh, hey, this is how long people are watching this video for and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, let's see here. Is a queue for questions. You had Looking two for questions. Cues. Two questions that popped up in the forum. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I didn't know you had left that open, but yeah. Do you want to take Well, it's those? just in my description, so so that's why it's, uh, that's why it's there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I closed it down. that because, okay, so you had two questions come in. Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in there real quick and, uh, and just see what we've got. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a creator mix question, D. Yep. Um, Shark Strapper says, I've been using creator mix to mask the music my neighbors play very loudly and frequently gets picked up by my GoPro. Anything else that I can do to pr protect myself from an inadvertent claim? So my recommendation uh -huh. for something to try, basically has neighbors playing music and it's bleeding into his GoPro mic. Okay. Um, so he's trying, so he uses creator mix to mask that music so that it, so that you can't really hear it in his videos. Okay. So try this. I don't know if it's going to work, but the first thing that I would try if this is happening it's to just me. Just beat on the wall and be like, don't make me just shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make videos over here. Right. No, that, that's number two. But the, the first can't thing. Can't you tell I'm making videos? <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Adobe has a, uh, has a tool called, uh, Adobe enhance. Um, mm. it's a paid thing now. It used to be free, but now oh, it's a paid, it thing. paid now. Yeah. Uh, so they might have like a thing where you can like try it or something, but I think like if you're going to be using it on a regular basis, it's paid. Um, but that is, is designed to isolate a voice. So you might want to try it there because like you can do some crazy stuff in that. Like you can have a fan blowing and then yeah. like, you know, turn it on and it completely removes that. So you might want to try running it through there and see if it just completely removes, um, all of the ambient audio that's happening in that particular, you know, in, in any of the footage that you have and, um, and see if it, and see if that takes care of it. Yeah. I would spend some time, go to YouTube and look for different AI tools to remove background noise. And I would also look for, go look up on like how to EQ your voice and how to isolate your voice and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think through some AI tools and possibly a little EQ, you'll be able to fix that problem, mm -hmm. depending on how loud it is. And really quick, Six Shop says, um, how do you guys use a newsletter? Do you have one? Um, so right now, Chantel, who is, um, you know, hanging out here as well, she's actually in the process of helping me do all that stuff um, right now. So in the past, I've had it. I have a VIP area. You can actually find it down in the description. Um, and with that particular thing, basically, uh, you know, it's like an older, you know, thing that I did back when I was first starting the channel and stuff. So we're, we're modernizing everything now. We're in the process of doing that behind the scenes right now. Um, so I will have like a, a legit newsletter going out soon that, you know, as soon as that's available, I'll let everybody know here during the live stream as well. You'll be hearing me talk about it in videos and stuff like that so that you guys can stay up to date with everything that's happening on YouTube. You can know my videos go out, you know, wherever it is that I'm, you know, publishing or whatever, all those types of things. So all of that is getting ready to, 
happen on this channel currently. And in terms of how it's going to be used, it's going to be used for those things that I talked about. So basically, um, it's going to be used as a way to, you know, add value to you as a content creator and keep you up to date with things that are happening on YouTube, give you, you know, tips and ideas about things that, you know, you can do in general to just improve on what it is that you're doing. There's going to be links to videos in there um, that will help you develop your skill sets so that you can, and it's going to be videos recommended by me. So basically, if there's a video about that's really good about how to make a thumbnail or color theory, so you can make better thumbnails, things like that, um, then, you know, those will be included in some of them. Um, and then, of course, course, you know, publishing videos. And then as part of the information that's going to be going out there, um, some of the stuff is also going to have, you know, maybe like a sponsor mentioned in there. Some of it will have like an affiliate link, you know, or something like that as well. But it's all going to be stuff that um, that will, you know, that'll be helpful to you as a content creator. So uh, as soon as that gets, uh, you know, published, and we start actually, uh, you know, making all that public, um, then those are the types of things that you're going to see in it. Yeah, in regards to your neighbors, going back to the audio question, I don't know where the sound is actually coming through. I don't know what your situation is, but if it's coming through, I'll say this. If anything in your your apartment or your home or the room that you're in, if you go in there in the daytime and anywhere that you see light, any cracks, including like underneath the doors, anywhere air can come in or lights getting in, like if you go in there and you turn off all the lights, and I'm not talking about like, you know, your curtains are open and that sort of thing. I'm talking about like cracks around doors, cracks around the window seals, that sort of thing. Anywhere where light can come in or air can come in, noise is coming in. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that you think you, of noise like water. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, like if, if air can go through a crack, noise is coming through that right. crack. So one of the things we had to do here, because we were directly under the, uh, the airport jet path. So <laughs> planes are landing and, and, and taking off here on top of this building. And we're right next to a really busy road. When we first moved in here, it was, it was pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. So when we sealed up around all the doors, you know, you can get like the, the, the weather stripping weather strip your windows weather strip around your doors uh they make things that go underneath your doors to stop the the airflow and to stop bugs from coming in and that sort of thing do all of that you're going to eliminate a significant amount of noise coming into your room but mm -hmm. if it's coming through like the wall because you've got like drywall or something yeah you're you're, you're on your own there so um, the next question that we have, I'm actually pulling this one from the form. So we got a couple of those, and then I'm going to close the form completely because I all the super chats. Uh, caught up? Yeah, I'm going to do those right here in a second. But um, uh, build with Mooney is the question, and they have been on YouTube for less than a year. They do woodworking and more. The goal of the channel is to share and teach. The question is: My last three videos were made after studying Daryl's book, Why YouTube Formula, and what is a realistic percentage to try and get from suggested traffic? Fifty percent, five percent. My numbers are getting better. Um, thanks, Nick, for all you do. So, when it comes to realistic numbers to try to get from suggested traffic, it's going to be different for like every type of channel, and it's also going to be different based on like how people are responding. So, you know, um, typically the majority of your traffic is going to come from like browse features, or it's going to come from uh, search if you have like a search-based channel to where you're intentionally going. Going after YouTube search, then that can become uh, you know dominant. Um, but when it comes to suggested videos, that can also be a really strong traffic source. So depending on the type of content you make, 
it could be as high as 50%, but it could also be as low as 5%, you know, like you mentioned here. So because of that, if you are trying to get, you know, more suggested traffic, because there's tons of value in being that next up, you know, video, um, you know, it's going to come down to the performance of the videos themselves. And if YouTube puts them next to another video and they respond well to it, then of course, you know, if they, if they respond better to your video than they do the other suggestions there, then you're going to end up in that next up spot. So thinking of things that are topically similar to other videos in your space that your viewers are watching, things like that, um, or things that are complementary or in contrast to the things that other people are talking about in your space where you might show up in suggested videos as the other opinion, um, you know, those types of things can be advantageous for, you know, getting into that area. Wow. So he's in an industrial park and he says they all have roll up doors in a steel building. Okay. For so, what? For, for what? For oh, sound. for the okay. Uh, yeah, sound. So this, oh, okay. this is a little bit bootleg, but it would solve some of the problems. You have two ways of doing it. One, you can actually spend the money to get sound blankets. They make actual audio blankets. Or number two, you can go the cheaper route and get moving blankets. Moving blankets are not sound blankets, but they're similar. They don't work as good as sound blankets, but they do an okay job. Maybe you need to double them up. What you can do is build some framing. You, get, you can figure out how to hang them, but you could create a little system where you're actually working around and drape it around with sound blankets or moving blankets that would deaden a lot of a lot of that sound coming in and if you've got a lot of and if you're like in a warehouse type situation as much as you can put in there put rugs around you put some sound blankets up in there surround yourself with that think about it in terms of like going into a closet full of clothes and recording audio versus recording audio like in your garage you're gonna have a completely different audio experience so if I were in your situation, that's probably what I would look into. Sound blankets, moving blankets, hang them around me, and that might be able to get rid of some of it. You know what's funny, D? Yeah. Now that I'm, like, running my videos through Opus Clip yeah. so that I can put them out everywhere, yeah. the thing that I'm thinking about when we're streaming, because, like, we keep going, like, back and forth on stuff and stuff like that, and, like, we'll talk about something else and come back to something, yeah. is I'm thinking to myself, like, I wonder how their AI is going to, like, read this when it's, like, presenting me clips. Because already, like, it'll, like, pick questions sometimes, and right. it'll pick me, you know, asking the question, which isn't, like, real content. Um, so I'm thinking, like, okay, is it going to pick, like, when we first started talking about that, or is it going to pick when we started talking about it, like, after? Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about that when we're uh, when we're going through it. Yeah, but <laughs> he says, yeah, good idea. Build a little uh, sound studio. Yeah, it, look, it doesn't have to be big at all. Just big enough for you to sit in to where it looks, you know, looks okay behind you. Keep in mind the and this is this applies to everyone. The only thing that matters is what your camera sees. Mm -hmm. What's around you? What's in front of you? It doesn't. Yeah, he says, very cool idea. Build a little st uh, sound studio in my shop. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like the only thing that matters is what your camera picks up. Mm -hmm. So whatever you have to do around in order to eliminate sound, knock yourself out. Yep. There's lots of tools for that. What you don't want to do, you don't want to get foam that you know the eggshell type foam and think that that's good. That doesn't actually soundproof anything. That yeah. just stops some high end frequencies. Uh, yeah, it just stops from reflection. It, it reduces reflections. You want something that's going to help deaden the sound. Uh, yeah, get, look into sound blankets or moving blankets. Hang them up. So Icon um, is the next one here. Um, Icon says that they've, they do entertainment, movies, film education, screenplay, writing. The goal is to build a community to learn about storytelling through film. And the question is, I've got an old video from years ago, 2007, so that has 15,000 views. Can I update slash edit the video, change the thumb and title without losing the view count? Absolutely, you can. What you want to make sure that you do is that you do not private or unlist 
that I mean, technically you can't unlist it, but don't. So don't private or unlist that video because then you'll lose the uh, the public view count on the uh, on the content. So here's an interesting when we're talking about audio here. Um, so Starlo says, I actually want the background and not the foreground. Hmm, interesting foreground, meaning you want to remove vocals. If so, and I don't have it off the top of my head, there are AI websites where you can upload uh, music or upload pretty much anything, and it will act. It will remove. You can remove whatever. It can break it down into stems. So you can say, like, if you upload a song, it can spit out from a song. Here's a drum track. Here's a guitar track. Here's the audio track. Maybe here's a piano track or a synth track. So you can actually get those stems and just remove remove the vocals from that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be 100% perfect. Angelique, what's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in the stream. Happy Saturday. Hope you're doing great. Mm. Um, Pickled Gamer says, I have a gaming channel. Um, thanks for the super chat, by the way. Says, I have a gaming channel, mostly play FPS games. I have a couple of games that I stream the most. Um, does it hurt to try out other games? No. So um, basically, you know, when you are targeting people that are interested in the one game, that's great. And that's also, you know, a good plan in order to make sure that every video on your channel is relevant to the people that are interested in that game. However, if you are thinking to yourself like, okay, I wanna play other stuff too. Then in that particular case, start using your community feed to start getting information from your, from your community around games that you want to play but then put them in polls and things like that and ask questions in your community feed, asking them what other games they would like to see you play. And then by doing that, you're, you're designing your questions around games that you like to play. So regardless of what it is that they answer, you are still going to win while also still being able to serve them with experimenting with different games um, as well. So Lil Crafty Nook asked you questions about, uh, ask a question about Opus Clip. Mm -hmm. She said, I can't seem to trim the actual video in Opus Clip. It will trim the words and give me an option to split, but it won't cut out the end like I want. Have yeah. You, have any tips for that? Yeah. So um, there's an end also. So basically, when you go into the editor inside of Opus Clip, uh, what it does, and just for those of you that don't know this, um, Opus Clip is the tool that content creators are using now to take your long form content and then you drop it into Opus Clip and then it will give you, um, like if it's a short video, like 10 minutes, it'll give you like seven or eight different clips that you can upload into YouTube Shorts or onto other social media platforms. It will also take live streams like this one and I'll be able to put this three hour live stream in there and it'll give me like 40 something clips that I can uh, that I can use. I'm currently uploading them over to my um, extras channel, but basically, and Chantel actually just dropped a link. I have it down in the description too for Opus Clip. But um, but basically with there, when you go into it, you have the option because their AI will isolate different parts of the video that it thinks are the, the most likely for you know the short form content. Um, but it doesn't always nail it perfectly. So because of that, sometimes you have to go and you have to tell it start here instead and end here instead. And by uh, doing that, and then you put those clear points of starting here and ending here. Now, one thing that they are working on is they are working on um, removing filler words, like how I just said, um, for example, like if this is made into a clip, then that'll be taken out. Uh, but they're working on that. They're working on adding automatic B-roll into there. So if you're talking about something 
something, it'll automatically show that. Um, all kinds of really cool things they're doing. They've also made it recently to where, in addition to vertical, if you're somebody that wants to upload one by one square content up to LinkedIn, uh, if you're a LinkedIn user, then in that particular case, you can also repurpose your videos that way. Um, but really cool. You can check it out. You know, if it's if that's something that you're interested in in terms of getting your content out on other platforms without a lot of work, um, Opus Clip is a great solution for uh, that. But uh, but thanks for asking that question, um, and hopefully that that answered that for you. Um, doing great. I'm so glad to hear that Opus Clip has made some major upgrades. Um, in the beginning, it didn't work for live streams. I'll try it again now. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Um, so here, what do you suggest for in screens, playlists, or specific videos, or let YouTube choose? Do not let YouTube choose because YouTube is going to show shorts there sometimes. So unless you want to have people leave your long form content and go into the short shelf, then do not let YouTube choose it. Um, so basically, you have like I a didn't you have know a, they were putting shorts. Oh in yeah, there sometimes. So you have a best for viewer. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Holy so, cow. so so if you're using the best for viewer spot, um, and I've got it in some of my old videos too. But if you're using that best for viewer, which used to be the recommendation, it used to be you want to have a piece of content that you are recommending, and then you want to have a piece of content that YouTube is recommending based on their data on that user. But now, since they're putting shorts there, you can work against yourself uh, if you use that particular option. So because of that, um, you want to make sure that you are uh, you know, recommending a very specific piece of content to them. That can be a video, or you can lead them into a playlist. So here's some things to think about. Um, if you have only one video that's relevant on your channel for those viewers, then lead them into that video. But if you're like, you know, I got like three videos on my channel, that'd be a great fit for the people that are watching this video um, in terms of relevance. And if they were to watch this one, it's likely that they would also watch this one next, then go ahead and make that playlist. It can be three videos, it can be two videos, it can be five videos. I would make it too much just because you wanna think about how much time they might have going into that playlist if you're putting it in your end screen. But basically put together just like a small, you know, collection of videos that would be relevant to that viewer and then link to it in your end screen. And the benefit there is if they're on like a desktop or even on a mobile, when they go in there, then the content that's gonna be prioritized that they're gonna see you know, elsewhere on their screen um, is also going to be your content, which is a benefit. So in addition to that, when they come to the end of the first video, it's going to automatically default them into that sec into that second video and it's gonna automatically default them into that third video and so on instead of defaulting into the next up, which will then, you know, send them either into your content or to somebody else's content on the platform. Um, so definitely use playlists when you can. Same exact thing goes for linking uh, pinned comment videos or linking videos in your pinned comments. Same thing goes for videos in your video description as well. Um, you can link individual videos down there. You can link, you know, actual, you know, videos. Um, but when you are driving people into playlists, you're giving yourself the opportunity to have one, to make it easy for people to find, you know, and sit back and binge watch, you know, more of the content that they are interested in. But you also are giving yourself the opportunity to connect videos to each other in terms of, wow, people typically watch this video and they watch this video and this video and the system detects that. And if that happens at scale, then you're also increasing the likelihood of YouTube recommending those videos next to each other, even if people are not watching them in playlists. So uh, because of that, um, it can be very advantageous to make sure that you are driving people into uh, playlists instead of uh, anything else. So this is really interesting. So I was able to get that email that was sent about uh, fair use. Mm -hmm. I've never seen this before. It doesn't look. It doesn't look like they're saying it's an an abuse of the system. They specifically mentioned fair use. So it says we received a copyright infringement notification below regarding your videos. We this is from YouTube. We believe your content is protected by fair use, fair dealing, or a similar exception to copyright protection. 
We are writing to let you know, and in bold, we do not plan to remove your video at this time. Mm, nice. You have control over the availability of videos on your channel, including the ability to delete them if you choose. I've never seen nice. that Nice, we before. screenshot that and send it my way? Yeah. Thank you for sending that. YouTube themselves specifically says that they do not determine fair use. And they've recently said that. I'm amazed that they would, that they're. Yeah, send it to me. I'll get feedback on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. just kind of see what's going on there. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank you. So Memory Styles um, asked a question here. says, I have a video that hit 1,000 views in three days and now not so many views. What could it be and what do you think views uh, – and do you think views will pick up again in the future? Um, so that's absolutely something that happens. So, you know, the immediate performance of a video, of a video doesn't always, you know, dictate how it's going to do over the next 90 days or over the next year even. Um, so because of that, you know, getting attached to the initial performance of the video, like it's important to, to pay attention. But in terms of like if a video doesn't perform, you know, one out of ten, so to speak, don't get too attached to that and just think about it like okay let's just see how it does over time um but when it comes to your videos doing well and then kind of falling off um what happens there is when you publish your video youtube is showing it to the people on the platform at that moment in time that the system thinks is the most likely to enjoy that content so because of that um, they're showing it to people that are, you know, they're looking around at that topic. They're watching other videos on that topic. Maybe they're interacting with your channel and they're highly engaged in what it is that you're doing. So it's testing it against them, those types of things. So because of that, when you first publish your video, the people that are seeing it are the people that are have the highest likelihood of engaging with that content. And then from there, what happens is based on how those people are responding to it, then it starts going out to wider groups of people. So what can happen is as your video starts going out to wider groups of people, as soon as people aren't responding to it at a competitive level for that next group, then that's when things start, uh, you know, that's when things can start slowing down on a video. Now keep in mind, that doesn't mean that it's gonna stay that way. Sometimes, you know, it can go out to that group and then people aren't responding and it's still testing it against other people because you're still getting impressions on it probably. Um, so they're testing it against other people, but then if other people start responding to it then you can start to see spikes coming back or you can start to see you know activity coming back um, on those videos as well so um, yes absolutely it, it might pick up again in the future uh, but uh, when you publish and it does great for that three days if it's a long form video when it comes to a short you know I'm not speaking to that because those you know they can just be hit and then done but when it comes to the long form content um, you know, if you have that thousand views in the first three days or a thousand views a day in three days, or no, a thousand views in three days, then, you know, you've had a thousand people that have interacted with that video. So YouTube system is now looking for other people on the platform that might be a good fit for that video. They're testing it against them. And based on how they respond, that's going to determine on, you know, that's going to determine the future performance of that video. So if they end up showing it to people that start responding to it, then it's going to, you know, start showing it to more people like them. And then that can cause that video to kind of come back to life for a little bit. And then as it tested against more people, if they stop responding to it, then it can close back down again. And then as they continue to give it impressions over time, if they find that right audience for it, and then just kind of rinse and repeat that. Yeah, so I think this email was also sent to you. So I think you have a full copy of it. Oh, okay, nice. So there, there's a couple back and forth, but they also state that they say, we are concerned that your copyright notification may not be valid for some of the videos identified in the notification. Uh, so, so basically saying that they think that it might be somebody fraudulent, fraudulently using the tool. Yeah, I just, I just skimmed through it. So I think that could be how they're making that judgment call is that they're thinking that it's not an, a legitimate claim. Uh, okay. That okay. might be why they're making Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. 
Hey, will you do me a favor and uh, carry this for just a second? I need to step. Uh, I need to use the restroom real quick. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. So fly. Oh, I don't let know me if you switch here. cameras. There yeah, we go. I'll Oops, switch there. right over here. Right. So fly, fl uh, fly flow. That's a hard name to say. It says, "Can you tell me what I'm doing with my what I'm doing wrong with my YouTube channel?" We're not looking at channels, but I can tell you uh, that. Here's what you need to do. You need to upload consistently and start looking at your stats and seeing what's sticking and what's not. I don't know where you're at along your YouTube journey. You're probably, uh, you're, I'm gonna guess that you just probably haven't been doing it very long, but I'm not going to look at your channel. Moving on through here. And by the way, thank you for sending that email uh, regarding the fair use. It looks like it could have to do with um, with the content, not YouTube saying like, yeah, we don't think these are legit claims, but I'm gonna dig into it. You sent me a huge, huge email. Uh, I'll go through it later. I'm going backwards here to see what there's any questions. Uh, moving backwards. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Didn't see you sneak in here. Let's see here. I haven't used Opus Clip yet. I have not used Opus Clip yet. Nick has been telling me repeatedly almost daily along with his emails or as long as his messages to say i'm getting almost to nine hundred thousand. <laughs> he also says i need to start using opus clip i think when i start uploading again uh, i need to use opus clip he swears by it uh did you already answer a question for midwest ghost hunters uh, I'm going to answer it anyway, just in case he didn't. I don't know. He says, um, question, I want to rework some of my older videos that are no longer getting views, mostly reviewing the fluff. Will this be considered duplicate content? Should I unlist the original? Did you answer that one already? What was it? Uh, it says, it was from Midwest Ghost Hunters. It says, I want to rework some of my older videos that are no longer getting views. Mm -hmm. Did you answer that one already? No. Knock yourself out. Just put it on the screen. Yeah, I see it too. Um, says I want to rework some of my older videos that are no longer getting views. That's funny. That's where my screen is paused. It's so okay. funny that yeah, you, I didn't know that if you, you, that that you pulled that one out. Yeah, I was reading the email when you were going funny. through all that, so I didn't know. Yes, yeah, says were... my older views um, that are no longer getting uh, views, mostly removing the fluff. Will this be considered duplicate content? So I want to rework some of my older videos that are no longer getting views, mostly removing the fluff. So basically, what you're saying is that you're going to delete the videos that are currently there. And then you're going to re-edit those videos based on, you know, you, you have a better understanding now of your audience, things like that. And then you're going to republish those videos. So if you delete it off the platform first, and then you create a an entirely different experience for people through the editing that you're doing, um, not just like, hey, let me add a different intro, but like, you know, you create a different, you know, piece of content and re-upload, you know, based on the footage and all that stuff, then in that particular case, when you upload that, you should be fine. Um, when it comes to the originals, completely delete them from your channel, like don't unlist them. Um, if you're going to, you know, use the same exact content and then publish that. Um, in that particular case, I would definitely, you know, just completely delete it from the channel um, and then and then re-upload it from there. So the best you... thing to do is just make new, make a completely new video based on that. So basically saying like, hey, you know, I learned a lot since I've made that video, so let me make a new one, uh, you know, with my better skills now and, you know, have a better understanding now, just make something completely fresh and then that way, you can leave the old one up there. You can also put a pinned comment. You can use an end screen. You can also use a YouTube card directing anybody that does interact with that video towards the newer one. Um, and you can also use that as a way to kind of send some people forward for anybody that is, you know, interacting with that. But you're saying it's not getting views anymore. So, you know, because of that, you might want to just make a new one. Go ahead. So uh, when you first walked away, the first channel that I noticed here in the chat was by a channel called Fly Flow. It says, can you tell me what I'm doing with my YouTube channel? And it said, we're not looking at channels, so I'm not pulling up the channel. But mm -hmm. while you were speaking, I was just curious, and I looked it up. So I'm going to give you some quick advice. Oh, I'm nice. not going to put your channel on screen. Your channel, 
by the way, you've been at this for two years, so that's cool. Um, number one, you need to upload more. You need to upload more, like your last upload was a month ago, okay? But most importantly, you have no direction at all with mm -hmm. your channel. You're uploading the most random pieces of content. And, you know, if you were a new channel just getting started, you're trying to throw a bunch of stuff up on the wall to see what sticks to lean into a, a direction, I'd say, okay. But you've been going for two years, and every video is just as different as the next one. So I would try to think about what your channel is really going to be about. Think of it this way. If I came across one of your channels, let's say you have a, uh, okay, your latest video is ranked fast food chains. So you did a ranking or you talk about a ranking of fast food chains. Let's say YouTube suggested that video to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this video. And I clicked it and I watched it and said, oh, I like this creator. I'm going to go see what else he's got going on. And then the next video you hit me with is something like grandma almost dies or I went to an open house or... I gave my room a makeover for school. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not really interested in those, right? So they might show me one of those. Maybe they'll even show me two of those. But what's going to happen is if I watch that first video or any of your videos, and then I stop watching your videos because I don't, I'm not interested in them, right? I was interested in the fast food video. And by stop watching uh, for clarity, you mean that YouTube recommends them to you and you decide not to click on them? Yeah, Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, like I watch the food ranking and they show me, well, here's, here's uh, this guy doing a, 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 a school makeover. Okay, I'm not, not, not interested in a, in a room makeover for school. Mm. Skip. And then maybe they show me another one later. Grandma almost dies. Mm. Skip. What happens is those are negative signals sent out to YouTube. The more people do not interact with your content, the, it reduces the likelihood that YouTube is going to keep recommending your content to me. So in terms of trying to find a niche, think of it in terms of you want to give YouTube every possibility to continue to recommend your videos to people. So if you had something about ranking fast food, like the, your last video was, and you had another video of something about fast food that I was interested in, maybe I'll watch that. And it's another, it's a positive signal going to YouTube versus negative signals where YouTube's going to say, okay, this person watched one video, not interested in the channel and your channel is just going to disappear. That's why a lot of times we subscribe to all these channels. How many channels do you think you're subscribed to? Countless. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't even know, but you don't get, I mean, every blue moon, you'll get a recommendation for one of the videos, right? Mm -hmm. I used to watch Peter McKinnon videos all the time, mm -hmm. all religiously. Yeah, but, I, I don't think, at least not that I've noticed, because I might have been recommended. I just might not have seen it, right? Like I might I, not, it might not have stood out, right? Right. But, yeah, I, but haven't, I haven't gotten recommended. I haven't stuff in a watched long time. it, and I love Peter McKinnon. Mm -hmm. It's just that for some period of time, and I don't know when that was, mm -hmm. I didn't watch his videos for nope. some reason, for whatever reason. Still subscribed. YouTube probably showed him to me, and then noticed that I didn't click on him, didn't mm -hmm. watch him. So guess what happens now? I don't see his videos now. You anymore. see bear content instead. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, now they're like, I, hey, here's a here's a picture of a bear getting close to a photographer. I'm in. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they don't show me his content anymore. So keep in mind, you know, you're uploading all this random content, and the goal is somebody watches one of your videos, get them to watch another one of your videos. And that's really hard to do when your contents are just completely the polar opposite of one another from one video to the next. So that would be my advice to you. Really focus down and try to figure out your niche, what, mm -hmm. what type of content you want to make, what type of audience you want to reach. 
And what type of videos would they be interested in? Fretboard Diary says, um, is there a formula for volume of background music to the level of dialogue volume? It seems like it's tough to get consistent. There probably is, but I don't know what that is. Um, so, is. so there probably is in terms of like, you know, cause I know like your, your audio for YouTube, I think it needs to be at like negative 14 lufts for your um, audio in general for the whole thing. Um, but when it comes to volume should be, or your, your dialogue should be here and your audio should be here. There is, I just because, don't know what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. It, it, well, like how do you work around the nuance though? So like, okay, for the music, let's say you have like a buildup happening. Yeah. Then in that particular case, that wouldn't be consistent. So if you're like, okay, I'm building it up and then I'm going to drop it into here for this um, to, you know, make an emphasis on this point or whatever to well, transition you, me into like a different part of the video, then in that particular case, there would be zero consistency, you know, across, across the video. The whole idea of ramping that up though, is to start building that. Mm -hmm. Right, to start right. heading to where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in that particular and situation, like, sure. yeah, in that yeah. particular situation, like it, it builds up. The, the the real trick here is to learn how to EQ the music to so leave your a, voice so your voice can sit in that frequency range. That's the real trick. It, there, there is a, a level on that. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. You, you can Google for it. It does exist. But what they do, like even in Hollywood and stuff like that, and some people even do it on YouTube, they will, since you're a a music channel you probably know what i'm talking about the human voice sits within certain frequencies right like the fundamentals of the human voice eq those out for for the music i mean you can even technically music talk you could side chain you could side chain your music that you're playing to your voice in those frequencies right so anytime that you speak it could just dip those out a little bit but not to the point that it pulses I think that. you told me this, um, but I also saw a YouTube video on it as well. Um, yours, I, I don't think you were you were talking about like like audio in terms of vocals, and they are not either. They're talking about like singing and rapping and all that stuff. Oh, but, did, um, I, did I get the question wrong? Is there formally? No, no, you're right. Oh, okay. But but um, um but people are also using Soothe for that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Great. So there's a plugin since you're you know musician. Um, if you are you know using a doll and all of that, um, there's a plugin called Soothe, and with that you can also use that to where you basically increase the mid range um, on that particular thing around the music, and then that will help. Uh, that will also help the voice stand out there uh, as well. Yeah, just to, yeah. I, I didn't know what the exact one was, but I just did a quick Google search for it, and this site recommends approximately 20 dB lower than speech or narration. Oh, okay. There we go. So just a rough thing there. But if you really want to get into the weeds, you can EQ that music a little bit for your for your vocal fundamentals. Getting technical. We should figure that out because we we brought that up a few times. So uh, so we should kind of get the, uh, the the skinny on that. It probably help us make better videos too. Yeah. yeah. So um, Shay the say I'm on the edge. Like Shay the what? Maybe it's Shave is the, is the name. Yeah. But I, I, I read it as Shay the, I'm like, Shay the, the well, what's next? What, 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 is, what, what are you doing? So um, uh, can uploading six to 12 hours on help or hurt? I don't understand because you can only upload up to a minute. Um, it says concerns over spam versus active. I upload 18, uh, 1080, 2K. So if you mean you're uploading uh, uh, six to 12 shorts over the course of an hour, then in that particular case, I would definitely dial that back, uh, back a bit and just kind of, you know, get a, a little bit more of a cadence there um, um, versus just flooding everything, you know, in one thing, because the system's going to have to prioritize a little bit there. Um, so I would definitely give it just a little bit of just a, a little bit of space so you can get, you know, people interacting with one and then publish another one and then publish another one if that's if that's what you're doing. But I'm, I'm having trouble understanding exactly what you're what you're trying to do there uh fretboard diaries one more thing so since you're a musician you probably have access to these tools 
load up whichever EQ that you have that will allow you to compare two frequencies at the same time. So you can load your, your, your narration track and you can upload the music and it will show you where the frequencies are clashing. That would be a good way to EQ it out. So you can visually see where those are clashing. Like Pro-Q will do that. So you can say, okay, I'm clashing in these frequencies and then I'll pull those down in the music or side chain them with a, yeah, side chain them. So when people are like, hey D man, if, if, if you hit the lottery like big time, like the Powerball, like what would you do? You'd be like two frequencies at the same time. Two frequencies at the same yeah, time. Two frequencies at the same time. So um, Texas Corp Shooter says, um, I have uh, 1,000 um, subscribers and I do many lives, um, but many go long and get half to a third of the subs versus vids and shorts. Should I unlist these lives and get or that get 115 to 150 views by the end of a live and another 50 after it's your call right like decisions like this really come down to what it is that you're trying to do so just a heads up so when it comes to live streams so on my youtube channel i've lost over 100 or i'm sorry over 375,000 subscribers on my youtube channel since i started how it, many right? 375,000 good lord yeah so i've lost over 375,000 subscribers um a lot of that has come from live streams um, on my youtube channel and for whatever reason these live streams um and i don't know if it's because we're answering questions and some people feel like maybe you know they're they're being ignored or something like that because we can't get to everybody all the time i don't know what it is um but for whatever reason these live streams typically will you know lose subscribers for me however the purpose of these isn't to gain subscribers the purpose of these is more to serve people that are already you know interacting with the channel this particular live stream i actually did optimize it around like if you're a new content creator get in here because i'm just experimenting with like having a different title and see if it, seeing if it'll make a difference um versus my learn how to get views on subscribers you know how i typically do my titles here for these streams um but because I typically lose subscribers here, or not because of that, it's just that's not why I do these particular streams. These streams are more to serve the people that are already engaged in the content um, to, you know, to, to offer, you know, customized help instead of publishing a video that's just going out and giving like general information, right? So, um, so because of that, I understand the purpose of this. So if I take a loss in subscribers, I don't care um, if it comes from this live stream because, you know, again, this, like the purpose of this is different. So in your particular case, if you're like, hey, with my live streams, I'm actually using that as a community building tool, um, or I'm using that as something to where I can get, you know, closer to my community or so that I can better understand them or so I can offer a different type of value to them or so I can interact with the people that are, you know, more engaged in what it is that I'm doing or whatever, then in that particular case, even though you might be losing some subscribers or even though they might not get as many views, you're still able to provide that value, right? So because of that, um, I would definitely make sure that you keep those types of things in mind and just, just be very, uh, intentional about what it is that you're publishing. So if you're publishing shorts on your channel, understand why you're publishing shorts. Be like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I putting in this extra, yeah. extra time? Why am I putting this extra time making these shorts? Why am I doing this thing? And understand like, okay, the shorts serve this very specific purpose and this is why I'm doing it. My long form videos serve this purpose and this is why I'm doing it. And within that, these lives, these longer videos I'm publishing for the sake of community building. These I'm publishing for the sake of generating revenue because I typically get higher CPMs around these topics or I use them to promote things as an affiliate or bring attention to my own products, whatever. These particular ones right here, I use these for the sake of, you know, getting into, uh, you know, like a broader audience and getting in front of, you know, more people that are interested in what it is that I'm doing, those types of things. But the idea is that it's, it's content strategy. So content strategy, simply put, 
is that you are giving each piece of content that you do an intentional purpose and you know why it is that you're publishing everything it is that you're publishing and you're doing that based around you know the 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 like you're publishing everything based around the goal that you have for that particular piece of content so in your particular case if those live streams are causing you to, uh, you, if they're not getting a lot of views, but the people that are interacting there are engaged, um, then in that particular case, if that serves that goal of just connecting with people through your content, then then you're nailing it. Even though, you know, you might lose some subscribers there or they just don't perform as well, the people that are engaging there, especially if you have people that continue to show up like every time you stream, then then what it is that you're doing there is you're, you're making that connection, right? Which, uh, which in some cases can be more important than getting an extra, you know, thousand views or whatever the thing is. Um, let's see here. Your subs are probably with my play button. Possibly. Possibly. Um, let's see here. So, you know, fair for ran through the main feed because my videos don't do well. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, would it be more fair if everyone's video is ran through the main feed because my videos do well when it gets showed through the main feed? Would YouTube do better with no algorithm? No. So basically, um, every, everybody's videos do get ran through a main feed. There isn't like one feed on YouTube. Everything on YouTube is customized to the viewers. So content creators, we think everything's about us. She and her apron, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Nice meeting you at uh, VidSummit as well. Hope you're doing fantastic. Um, oh, you lose, she, use, she loses uh, subscribers in live streams too. Mm. Yeah, I think, and I could be wrong, but I, I think that either one, the live streams get presented to people um, because you know live streams do carry weight on YouTube while you're live because the system knows it's a live event, which means that you know it's important while it's live. Um, so because of that, you know they can be getting shown to people that you know have just not gotten around to subscribing to your channel, or maybe they just don't watch your stuff anymore and they come in and unsubscribe there. But I think some of it is also that you know maybe some people, you know, while you're interacting with your chat, you know, you highlight some people and you you know you, you answer questions from some people or you just interact in some way, and then other people might just be trying to get your attention. And just because, you know, there's a lot of people in your chat, you might not, and you're focusing on running your show and all that, you might not be able to, you know, give people, you know, that attention and, you know, people might unsubscribe for that reason. Um, or they just don't like what it is that you provide in your live streams or when it comes to our live streams, you know, you hear me and D talk about all kinds of things that are not YouTube related. And some of those things, maybe we offend somebody or maybe, you know, we say something that somebody's like, oh, that's kind of, that's, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not vibing with these guys anymore and I'm out of here, those types of things. Um, so, you know, because of that, yeah, I mean, all kinds of different, you know, reasons that people, you know, walk away, so to speak. Um, but anyway, so when it comes to, to YouTube though, um, back to Bikini Vibes uh, question. So in terms of everybody's content going through the feed, it does. It's just that everybody's feed, it's all it's all catered to the viewer. So for example, when you log into YouTube, uh, Bikini Vibe, what you see is different than what I see when I log onto YouTube. And it's all based on what it is that you're interested in and the content that you interact with. So, you know, if you are watching my videos and you continue to watch my videos and when YouTube keeps showing you my content, you keep watching it, YouTube's gonna keep showing you my videos. But then if you're like, you know what, I've had enough of Nick. Um, and I'm not gonna watch yeah. his videos anymore, or you know, I like, his, I like his brother, so I'm just gonna go watch his brother's stuff instead. Then in that particular case, you're a winner and in addition to that, you um, uh, you know YouTube's going to detect that, and then they're going to slowly stop recommending my content. They're going to start showing you more of D's content if you start watching more of his, right? And that happens with everything that you're interacting with on YouTube. What you search for on YouTube is also being factored in um, as well. But what you choose to click on, what you choose to not click on, all of that stuff is being factored into what it is that you're seeing. So because of that, their system is fine-tuned to give the viewers. It's not about us. It's about giving 
giving the viewers of the platform that make all of this possible. It's about giving them the right content at the right time that is that they are likely to enjoy. And sometimes it's gonna be your video, sometimes it's not. But when you do everything that you can to help people identify that your content is something that they might care about through your packaging on the outside, and then you get them into your video and you create a great experience for them and they really enjoy your content and you met the expectation that they had from the outside to where they, they're expecting something, right? Your packaging builds that expectation and they come into your video and they're like, oh yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I thought I was gonna get and I'm getting it and I'm watching this video you know, for a competitive amount of time. They're just thinking I'm watching the video, right? But they're like, I'm getting that. I'm satisfied with this content. The system is going to detect that. And then that person that's enjoying your content, they are going to get recommended more of your content. But at a higher level, YouTube system is also going to say, okay, uh, D watched uh, Ben, ben Gooney's Vibe video and he really enjoyed this content. So now, first, let's start testing similar content against D, see if he also responds to that. But then also, who on the platform is also watching videos like D? Who is you know enjoying content like uh, like D is? Um, and then they're going to start showing content to other people or your content to other people like D if the system thinks that they are likely to enjoy it. So because of that, like their system is way better than just having one feed. And more importantly, if there was theoretically, if there was just a feed. 500 hours, and it's probably more now, um, but they just haven't updated this stat, but you can find it in their YouTube press page. But over 500 hours of video content is uploaded to YouTube every minute, every minute. And that was before shorts even hit the scene that they, that they had that information. So in terms of the amount of content that's being uploaded to YouTube, your feed would be moving so fast that you wouldn't ever even be able to, to choose a video to pick, uh, to, to watch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because of that, the system that they have, um, is, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, actually, like I, I actually posted today, um, Todd, um, uh, he, he posted a tweet and it says, uh, I'm listening, go. And he actually like works on like the YouTube algorithm. Like he's like, you know, the guy behind it and, uh, like his team, uh, and what they, like what I said in there is I was like, man, I can't even imagine the complexities of the problems that you have to solve, right? Because there's all this like nuance. And if you listen to a lot of the like podcasts and stuff like that, that he's on, like the interviews that he does, um, you know, like the, the things that, that they get data from to where, like, for example, people will say things like, um, you know, hey, YouTube keeps recommending this video to me. It's a bad system because they keep recommending me the same video, even though I'm not watching it. What they find is that when they recommend content to people that the system predicts they're likely to enjoy, you know, more than once, that people um, often actually respond to that. And at scale, since people respond to that more, then the system continues to do that. So there's all kind of weird, you know, nuance and things like that that they have insights on that the rest of us don't. But like, uh, you know, those types of, uh, you know, those types of things are what make their system, you know, so amazing. And that's why it's the best video platform on the internet. Yeah. Driver Sensei, thank you for the super chat, says, yo, Nick super and D, I can uh, plane on Insider Channel that you rarely see the top emoji used on lives. Um, it doesn't have a purpose or increase likes. Why is there um, besides to mimic TikTok? Thanks, buddy. So the like emoji or the tap emoji. So you rarely see the, the tap emoji. The tap on the live stream? This little thing about? right here with the hearts on yeah. it? 
Yeah, people use that. So like during this stream here, like, you know, people will hit it from time to time. Um, they, they definitely, you know, people definitely use that. Um, in sub live streams, like I've been in live streams where, where people are just lighting that thing on fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like people people absolutely use that. It, it does kind of, you know, it does mimic, you know, what TikTok does. Um, but, you know, it, it's definitely some people are hitting it right now, you know, as a matter of fact. So uh, yeah, that's people, people oh, that's you over here, like, brrr. yeah, but people definitely, uh, you know, people definitely interact with that. Um, let's see here. So let me scroll yeah, I, up here I, a little bit. I think bit. it's weird too that YouTube copies so many TikTok features. I mean, I understand that they do it mm -hmm. or why they do it, but I would love to see YouTube come up with some ideas that TikTok doesn't really have right. in, in terms of like, where people go, oh, wow, like you're innovating now. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, they, they do. It just goes under the radar. Like, you know, for example, like their whole podcast thing that they do and having the playlist I mean to where you can. I mean, for shorts. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, but as a platform, as they a platform, do. They absolutely. Yeah, they do. do. They, you know, they, they have all these cool monetization things that they're doing and things like that. So they definitely do innovate. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to shorts, short form content. Yeah, for, for short form specifically. Yeah, 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 definitely. If you have ideas, you know, send it over to them. They might, you know, they, they take all that stuff into, you know, consideration. So, yeah, if you have I, ideas. I wish they would have put it on their own app. Mm. I would love to have a shorts app. Yeah. That would that'd be my thing. The, the, thing that, the, the thing that I do not like um, is, like, usually, it, it, like, to be fair, you know, everybody has different paths into stuff yeah, and everybody yeah, chooses yeah, everything. Sure. But, like, on a desktop, you can choose to not see shorts, which seems to sometimes work and, you know, sometimes yeah. not. But, like, you can, you can choose to not see them. Um, but on a mobile device, you can't. Yeah. So, like, for example, how it shows up in your mobile feed, um, yeah. there isn't, like, a three-dot menu to say, like, I'm not interested in this um, on the mobile feed. And if there is, I'm overlooking it. But, uh, but I don't see that on the mobile feed. From a so, creator perspective, I like that they have it combined because it's like fishing, right? You're, you're finding new people all the time. Right. From a viewer perspective, I would have loved to have that inside its own app. So in contrast, Stanley Orchard's like, no, 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 no shorts app, please. Like he prefers it being connected and being, being together. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. So another thing, we've talked about this too. TikTok. Yeah, tic new, you, yeah, Aiken says, let, let, let's make this easy. YouTube needs to buy TikTok. There you go. <laughs> right? No, yeah, like that's what would, needs to happen. Honestly, yeah. I think they would ruin TikTok. Yeah. I yeah, maybe. He, I think YouTube would run TikTok. Here's why. We were talking about this. TikTok's algorithm is really good. Okay, so like I can open up YouTube Shorts and I'm just like seeing the same old stuff. Like there's, there's. No, we talked about the intimacy of TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like once TikTok figures out who you are, at least for me, and I think we've, we've talked about this, TikTok will find random people that I would never find in a million years on on, on YouTube. Just some guy in his garage talking some 90 year old woman giving life advice stuff that you never come across on youtube tiktok is really good about that their, their algorithms like yeah maybe you're gonna want to see this so many other people like it where i go into youtube shorts and it's 90 percent garbage hmm. in terms of like what they what they were and i'm just like nope interesting nope 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 right like i can find stuff to, to watch on tiktok really fast really interesting people where i really get into their content youtube shorts it just feels like i'm just feels like i'm doom scrolling hmm, interesting where i gotta go through a ton of stuff to to find i wonder if that's related to the other content that you watch like the long form content that you're watching it could be it could be those bridges that they built and yeah. it's just uh, it's just not working in the way that i like TikTok. gotcha you know i'm not gotcha. saying it's wrong it's how so YouTube is doing yeah it. so basically but, by by using that information if that's what they're doing like i don't know but if they're using that information to help your suggestions in youtube shorts 
what you're saying basically is like, well, if I'm going to YouTube Shorts, I'm wanting a different experience. I'm wanting something different than what it is that I'm experiencing with long form. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I want to, I want a completely different experience. Like, that's the thing I really loved about TikTok is mm -hmm. I, I, I'm exposed to so many different creators that just like, wow, I didn't even know this person existed. And you look at their account and you're like, wow, they got a huge channel. Mm -hmm. And they're just some grandma yeah. doing something. Yeah. yeah, some grandma sitting in a rocking chair mm -hmm. knitting, just giving life advice. And you're just like, that would have, like, why am I not seeing this, you know? on YouTube and sometimes sometimes you can go over and try to look for those people and they're just like struggling on YouTube mm. you know sometimes they try to put stuff in both places but it doesn't work on YouTube mm. at all it's weird but it, it, I'm curious me, if there's also the other direction too like for certain types of content and you know certain demographics and things like that if it's like they crush on YouTube and then you go look for them on TikTok and they're they're performing poorly over there yeah it's possible uh, and, and Jerry says and I agree he says I think the culture on YouTube isn't 100% behind shorts hmm. so there's a lot of low quality and people trying to push viewers into long form yeah man I agree yeah to where it's basically like hey let me make a short to get people into my long yeah. instead of let me make a short that's going to be awesome in the short shelf that can stand on alone. TikTok it's all hey let me just make a good video for the for for TikTok yeah which is vertical yeah, yeah. and look I, I understand and I totally agree <laughs> that like you know anybody can make a short and you know maybe your shorts gonna blow up and but for the most people it seems shorts kind of have a shelf life for mm. the for the average person but are you going to TikTok? i reckon i've been recommending TikTok to people for a long time you just want to get started man upload to TikTok because i think their algorithm is awesome for being found for new creators for weird creators for people who just don't fit into what's normally popular, I think TikTok is amazing. For I that. don't know if this is valid or not, but one thing that um, that I've heard is that uh, TikTok, when it comes to view counts, mm -hmm. that basically they create this feeling like your videos are doing way better than they are by counting impressions instead of counting views. So basically, like the views, they don't have any type of real qualifiers for what counts as a view. But if it just shows up in somebody's feed, then they count that as a view. And because of that, you know, it kind of creates this inflated sense of like, hey, I'm getting tons of views, even though if you look at like the comments, for example, then it then it would, you know, kind of show otherwise in terms of like, yeah, I got it got, you know, 4000 impressions, but yeah, like three comments, right? Like yeah, that type it, of thing. Yeah. yeah. In terms of views, I have no idea. I just yeah. know that I find better short form creators by far mm. on, I mean, there's no comparison in terms of like, I want to find quality creators for short form content. Mm. TikTok runs circles around YouTube. Mm. And it's not that they don't exist on YouTube. Sure. It's just that TikTok is better at, at identifying what I might be interested in and then, sure. and then recommending that. Sure. So. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for hanging out here today. Um, hopefully you got, you know, some type of value out of the content today. I know a lot of, you know, people that are hanging out here, you know, you're just getting started on this journey. One thing that I do want to remind you of is that when it comes to YouTube, you know, there's a lot of, you know, moving parts to it. There's a lot of things that you have to, you know, learn when it comes to YouTube. So if you are having a hard time right now, just remember that, you know, a lot of that will come down to, you know, uh, you know, developing skills and things like that to be able to, you know, make better videos, be able to read your analytics, be able to, you know, make thumbnails to grab people's attention, um, being able to identify, hey, is this something when I make a thumbnail that's going to help people identify this content is about something they care about. But 
the whole idea is that, you know, if you're just getting started at this, you're at the beginning of the learning curve. So just embrace that and don't get discouraged with what it is that you're doing. Instead, think to yourself like, okay, if I'm not getting the traction that I need, then that means I need to, you know, work harder at it. That means that I, there's more stuff that I need to learn, more skills that I need to, to develop in order to make sure that it happens. So, you know, if you are somebody that's getting started, just remember that part. And if you embrace the learning curve, then you're going to, you're going to do well here. But if you're, if you are expecting, you know, YouTube to work out for you without having to do much, then in that particular case, you're probably going to, you know, have a little bit of a harder of a time. Um, however, if you are just embracing that learning curve, you're like, yep, okay, I published another video. What can I learn from it? How can I do better next time? That's how you, that's how you break through. And that's how you end up doing well over time. So, you know, keep at it, keep, you know, keep developing yourself and your understanding of everything that's going on here. And YouTube has tons of free resources that'll help you out. My entire channel will help you out. The TubeBuddy channel that's in here will help you out. There's tons of different content creators, even if you're not watching my stuff, tons of people make videos about how to edit videos, how to present, how to, you know, grow your YouTube channel, but also make sure that you're looking at, you know, the channels that perform well on YouTube, right? Like look at YouTube videos that do well, that are recommended to you and think to yourself, like, why, why is this doing well? Like, how are they actually starting this video? How are they getting people through each part of this video and start actually studying YouTube itself and the content that you're interacting with as well? Um, and, you know, that's the path to, you know, kind of crack the nuts, so to speak, for lack of a better way to say it, um, in order to, you know, start, you know, having consistent um, results that you can depend on here on the platform. So again, thank you so much for watching. I hope you got value out of this. I've got a bunch of stuff down in the description that will add value to you as a content creator. So make sure that you check that stuff out on your way out and make sure you hit the like button as well. Thank you so much for watching and we will see you next time. D, great stream as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next time.